Uh, hello and welcome to Infinite Pixels. I'm your host, Jordan. This month I'm joined by... Ryan, that's me. <laughs> that was so much better <laughs> this time. I mean, not this time? <laughs> we only do one take every time. One. So just, here's our first take. Of one this. take, Johnson's. Alright, let's get into it. Each month we come together to talk about a video game we think is fun, important, or... Interesting. That's nice. my line, you fuck. I know, I handed it off to you. Yeah. This month, we're talking about what? A game we already played. Mm -hmm. Control. Yeah. We're talking about the Control DLCs. Yes. The Foundation and AWE. Why, why did we want to play these, Ryan? Uh, they, we have a bit more to say about them. The Foundation is a little bit longer. I mean, both DLCs take about 10 hours to beat. But the Foundation... 10 hours each? 10 hours total. Sorry, okay. not That's each like, one. Yeah. What? Uh, total, this DLC content's about 10 hours of gameplay. And the Foundation takes a uh has some significant story developments for control and then uh awe ties into alan wake so we have a, a lot to say about not a lot but we've got a good amount to say about both of them and it warrants its own discussion i think we figured we'd give you a surprise and do a couple episodes instead of uh one because we you've been so nice to us no <laughs> listeners you you out there yes you Austin. <laughs> uh, so where do we want to start with this? Like, we said the Foundation and AWE are the uh, DLC names, right? So Yeah, I, I figured um, we'd real quick uh, talk about, was, I think you and I had talked about this before, and I want to add, like you had said, oh, was there anything that I, like, missed in uh, the original Control discussion? And I know that you hadn't played, like, a ton of it because yes. of whatever. Um, like, I hadn't done a lot of side quests, and I had already, like, almost platinumed it. Mm -hmm. I got the platinum when I went back for these DLCs. Um, so was there anything real quick that you wanted to talk about with just control in general that you hadn't already said? I just, playing it again since our last episode, um, I just really, really like this game. I really appreciate everything that they're going for. Remedy always puts in a lot of effort with their games. And just playing it again, I was like, damn, this is such a well-made game. Like, I, the graphics, um, the acting, the characters, the atmosphere, the game design. Uh, I, I think as far as, like, the general game, um, I can't think of anything that I wanted to say that's different from what we said before. Um, was there anything you wanted to add on to it? Not really. I mean, if you want to listen to us talk about that game for like eight hours. <laughs> There's a couple of episodes about control and uh, it's a really good game. I think that anyone who uh, played Alan Wake uh, or said, oh, I listened to this Alan Wake episode and I really liked it. Or if you just like, uh, if, you're, if your opinions line up with ours in terms of what you like, you might like Alan Wake. Uh, or you might like Control and Alan Wake. Yeah, so, I mean, if you like one, you'll probably like the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think even just third-person shooters, like Control is just a really good action third-person yeah. shooter. I've uh, said it before. I said it in the first episode. Control is a really good, uh, like, Jedi game. Yeah, if they built a Star Wars game in this engine, uh, it would it would fit perfectly. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to say... To start off the DLC discussion, uh, oh shit, I guess I'm thinking I, I wanted to say something about AWE, but I'll save it for that. Um, 
I, I was also just looking into the lore and the storytelling and the world building of Control a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. There is a lot of stuff to yeah. kind of dig into. And uh, one of the things that I was happy to learn more about in the Foundation DLC was the former. Yeah. Did you fight him in the original playthrough? I thought yeah. that he was only available with the anchor and the clock side quests. Uh, I think it was the fridge and the flamingo, wasn't it? Maybe the fridge too. Yeah, I know I, he definitely was the fridge because I did the fridge yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again this playthrough. Um, and then I... He was the flamingo also, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because every time you try to get the flamingo, it moves back and you have to, like, it's, it's like, a, like a little puzzle. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You probably played it a it's while It's been ago. a long time yeah. since I played the original Control. But yeah, I remember, um, I think we talked about the former briefly in our Control discussion. It's been a while since we talked about that. It's been like a year or so. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it was just cool, like... I was happy with the foundation the way that it expanded on things that I think were kind of seeded or implied with the main story. Mm-hmm. Do you think the foundation felt like an epilogue? Kind of. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into it? Or? Yeah, let's get into it. Unless you had something else you wanted to. No. Uh, yeah, let's let's get into the first one, foundation, which came out before. It came out in March of 2020. Um, so the foundation, uh, just a real quick sum it up uh you get like a message from the board or whatever that they're like we're in trouble you have to save us uh and then you have to go to the like area where ati goes on vacation mm-hmm. just like kind of like in the deep bowels of the house it's like it says it's like restricted like nobody's supposed to go there and so you go there and there's like the tree monument thingy that's yeah. like on that big monolith mm-hmm. and you like go to it and like use your Jesse powers to go to like another location. Yes. And it's another map. And, uh, basically, uh, actually, no, it wasn't the board who said that they were in trouble. I think it was Marshall. No, I think it was the board. Was and the then board? you just, I think the board sent you on the oh, quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see Marshall as you yeah, get down. Yeah. 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 Cause the board's like, we're in, yeah. Like you said, we're in trouble. Emergency. Yeah. The hot, you go to the hotline and then they say yeah. the board's like, Come help us. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, then you, you get down to the foundation. You see Marshall walking around. And you're like, why is Marshall walking around down here? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Because in the base game, Marshall is, like, the chief of security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she carries around, like, an LMG. And she's really tough. And you're like, I want her on my side. And then halfway through, she just disappears. Yeah. You're like, where did she go? Mm-hmm. And this explains she went down to the foundation. And, um... You get to, like, the center of the foundation. It, there's a big old monolith that kind of looks, like, broken. And you go up to it, and then the the board is just like, Hey, uh, this thing's broken. Go get, like, four, like, keys, basically, yeah. to go, to like, it. fix it. And then um, you have to go to these, like, four areas. And along the way, you're, like, getting more information from Marshall over the hotline. Um, and you're like, why am I seeing Marshall? Because if she's communicating on the hotline, uh, the hotline previously from what you've learned, uh, or what people suspect is that only works when people are dead. Mm. So you're like, well, is Marshall dead? Why is she walking around then? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you're also getting a lot of the DLC too, is you getting information, uh, about, uh, Theodore Ash Jr., uh, which was the 
director uh, before Northmore. It was his son. Yeah, this Theodore Ash Jr. is the son of two directors ago. Yes. Yeah, the son of the director that was two directors ago. The director that was previous to Jesse is Trench. Yeah. Uh, Trench died. Northmore is the director that, remember, got sealed up into the, like, power plant area. Right. And now he literally powers the FBC. Yeah. Um, so you learn more about the guy who's, like, locked up. That is never, you never really learn about that. You just have to read and imply things about that. We talked about that on the previous episode. So, um. His it's really, son. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not his son. Not that guy. It's the, the guy oh, that yes, was I'm before sorry. Northmore. Yes. So, Theodore Ash Sr. was the director of the FBC, and it was uh, when uh, Northmore became uh, became uh, director, he was kind of more of a hard-ass, mm-hmm. and he was also the first one to, like, discover the oldest house. Like, the, the oldest house was discovered under him, um, and he became director when uh, the board like appointed him director when he, the, he found the gun yeah he found the gun it's it's basically under northmore that's when the the fbc became what it is yeah when we encounter it and like uh what's interesting about the like the little bits of lore that you get uh from northmore and ash is like you kind of get like a really good dynamic of like northmore being this like extremely hard ass like horrible dude um which there's a little bit of stuff with like trench and awe with him being more of a hard ass, but it's implied that like Trench was more focused. Yeah, he's he's a hard ass in the way that like a boss that mm-hmm. is making deadlines happen is a hard ass. Northmore seems like genuinely unhinged. Yeah, he feels like more like an Elon Musk, where he's like mm-hmm. a giant asshole, and or like any other CEO that like a lot of people like tech CEOs that people make fun of today. Right. Yeah, that's definitely. I yeah. don't know if they were going for that, but that's what could yeah. easily come across. I mean, it was 2019. I don't think Elon Musk was really in the zeitgeist like he is today. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he, uh, their relationship was really interesting. Um, and I really liked that it's like kind of this dynamic of like this larger power and then like Ash, who's like the person who's actually doing like all the work. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that we don't, we never hear Northmore's voice. No, we only get him characterized through like memos and through Ash's audio diaries. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ash like records himself talking about his work and whatever. And it's, it's, it feels, uh, very much like, it's it's more rich storytelling than if I would have been just like seeing all of this play out or reading it through notes. Um, and I, I like that Ash's journey has like an arc to it as well because it starts with Ash. Uh, you find his initial recordings or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just some guy in research, and I'm mm-hmm. the son of the previous director, so they kind of stuck me here, and now they gave me this dead end, like look into this foundation, oldest house, whatever." Um, and he's not like really excited, but then, um, as you progress, you see him getting more invested in his research. And he even says like, okay, now I'm like really into what I'm doing and I've never been so invested in anything in my life and blah, blah, blah. So it's a nice arc to see Ash, um, grow into someone who, uh, kind of like Jesse in a way where you just become more involved with the FBC and Northmore, it's like his slow descent into being an asshole. Yeah, it's. I thought 
the stuff with Marshall is not th that well conveyed as like theming. Um, whereas I thought the stuff with Ash and Northward was better. Yeah. Because like the whole theme of the Foundation DLC is like the theme of like uh, or the symbol of pyramids. Like, and they uh, Ash brings it up in his notes where he's like, when a pyramid is uh, is like facing downward. It's like, I, was, uh, I had it written down, so let me actually go to it. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, We're kind of jumping around. Vamping, vamping. But I mean, it, it. we already brought up the Ash stuff, so I figured. Yeah, but it's, it, I think they say a pyramid facing down means you are coming down from a heavenly place. But it, yeah, you have, have it written right there. Yeah. Um, the you Go ahead, you can take it. Oh yeah, a pyramid facing down means, an inverted pyramid means you're coming from heaven down to earth and a regular pyramid pointing up to the sky means you are ascending to a higher plane. Yeah. So they basically they're framing that the board who has been guiding you throughout the entire game talks through an upside down black pyramid. They are some kind of higher plane of existence entity coming down into our world is kind of what yeah. they're trying to, to put out there. And also like the in in like mythology and like symbolism and whatnot like a inverted pyramid is like instability and like conflict yeah and like uh an upright pyramid is like stability and strength yeah I, and the, the board is literally an upside down pyramid so it's like oh the you know conflict yeah it, that's what they represent yeah and I, i'm you know i know in the main game when i was playing it through the first time and i first started seeing the board there was kind of a feeling of unease it was like i'm not sure like what's going to pan out with this board because it's just like an unseen guiding entity that speaks in kind of jargon so i was happy that well actually i should say throughout control you just accept the board they just give you direction yeah and you just kind of go like whatever they say because they help you but when you get to this dlc it was cool to see them presented in this way where they're they're maybe like a little more manipulative maybe they have goals that you're not aware of or mm -hmm. there's something more going on that you're not privy to yeah um so i i liked that a lot and i know we're kind of jumping around like all the That's content fine. here um but yeah i they basically imply through this foundation dlc that i i don't know if this is something that is made very apparent in the games or in the playing the game itself but definitely reading more about like what people were taking away from this DLC and watching videos about it and stuff. Um, it was really interesting that they kind of imply that the board is kind of an invading force itself. Yeah. Uh, what did you, what's your take on that? That's what I got to. I mean, I uh, like it's implied throughout the game that like perhaps maybe people go to the board, like they might be a, uh, they might not be a singular entity. They might be like a, a consciousness uh, or a collective consciousness um and i always kind of got that because they communicate through the hotline and like the other directors and even marshall um communicate through the hotline and darling does as well at one point yeah so i kind of got like well maybe like the board is like made up of like former directors or former like people within the fbc like people touched by the oldest house sure. you know and they they have like the different constructs that are in there like the um uh, what are they called? The uh, the astral plane entities. Yeah. The like yeah. The, the wireframe basically from fucking Super Smash Bros. Yeah. <laughs> or any game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I kind of got that they were 
that they were somewhat similar to that of a of a like collective consciousness and that uh maybe they do not have the best intentions for people and you know they just do whatever they want and people listen to them because you know when you see something like this of like holy shit there's just this giant black pyramid and like a space of whiteness like mm-hmm. that must be a higher intellect well and know? it's not only that but they give the gun to the director the like yeah unlimited ammo any weapon you want it to be gun they communicate through this one particular thing the hotline so they just have this like essence of power about them mm-hmm. um, this otherworldly power uh so it, it was interesting to see them sort of taken down a peg because throughout this um story Jesse is navigating the foundation. She has to repair this thing called uh, the nail, yeah. which is the big monolith that's broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and the board is giving her a new ability, yeah. and they make her choose one of two abilities to do yeah. it. But when she chooses one, she's like, "Oh, this Jesse is like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, why am I being tested again? I'm the director or whatever." Um, yeah. But she encounters this other entity called the former who was encountered in the main game and the board is like, do not talk to the former, like don't even do anything with them. Yeah. Um, which was immediately like interesting to me that, cause they're, they've never given such a direct order like that. Like don't talk to the former. And you even, if, if you've done side quests, you've had interactions with the former before. Right. Yeah. And they never reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So that was another thing. It was like, Oh, now they notice him. And they, I don't know if they imply it in the main game or if it only comes up in this, but the implication is the former used to be a member of the board. Yeah, it's implied in this. I mean, its name is literally former. Right, right. And, and it's implied in this and probably in the, in the, in the main game as well, that it, it probably was a part of the board at some point and it yeah. might have separated. Uh, Ash, I think, communicated with it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who is the other person that's in it that you that is your like head of research that i can't remember her name pope Pope. she also talks about the former and like has theories about it too yeah so So, and and i i'm pretty sure there was like outside of the side missions i think there was a projector with the former on it in the i don't remember i think there was um but it's it's just cool to see this kind of dynamic because the board doesn't want you to talk to the former and the former is interacting with you and it's able to give you the ability that the board didn't want you to have. Um, so at least for me, I was playing it like wondering what did the board or did the board kick out the former because it was too extreme or because it wasn't extreme enough or like what even is the former? It's just kind of like a weird snake crab. Yeah. Thing. It's like a giant glowing, like it's a giant mass of like whatever. It's like yeah. a giant black. It's the only, like when you go into the um uh what's it called the astral plane uh everything is white uh everything is super white everything is super clean uh and that's where you like train Mm -hmm. and then when you go to see the former it's dark it's Mm -hmm. always dark uh and the former is like this giant like blob of whatever and it's got like a spotlight for its eye that like that's it it rotates yeah it is like a like a almost like a lighthouse light that like Mm -hmm. You see where I'm going? It like rotates a little bit, and some people have speculated that it might be related to, like maybe uh, in regards to Alan Wake, uh, 
what's his name? Uh, the fucking Thomas Zane. Thomas Zane. Yeah, so some be. people have been like, is it Thomas Zane? Like, well, is that what he became? I mean, it might be even like Jesse's version of Thomas Zane because Thomas Zane was a former himself. Like, he was the author before Alan Wake, yeah. right? So he went through what Alan's going through, yeah. guides him. And also, uh, but also in the DLC, it's the way that the former talks. Like, at the end of the story, you talk to the former, or at one point you talk to the former, I don't remember if it's at the end, uh, and former, and you're like, what are you? And you kind of, like, don't really understand it, and mm-hmm. you're getting, like, bits and pieces of its speech as, yeah. like, text on screen, like you usually do at the board. Mm-hmm. And at one point, there's, like, blah, 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 like, son, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, is that, like, Ash Sr.? Mm, maybe. That's oh, why it could I, be. That's, that became a theory of mine. So. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I... Well, that's what's fun about not only Control, but Alan Wake as well, that... Everything is intentionally left left uh, up to the mysteries the, are more fun than yeah, getting all the answers. No, exactly. Like I, everyone speculates about the ending of Alan Wake One. It's not a lake; it's an ocean, and that's what's fun about it. You know, you you have to interpret this stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I kind of think of the the former as this, um, like the the one who is speaking against whatever. Uh, badness that the board is secretly doing and so he was ostracized for it um i was watching i have to give a shout out to a youtube channel called gaming university because uh that youtuber did a ton of control analysis videos and alan wake analysis videos um and uh it was really interesting because they were talking about um the what's it called the um collective unconscious collective subconscious aspect to control that's brought up multiple times throughout the game. The concept that if a lot of people believe something, it kind of becomes true in reality. And we don't know why that happens or how that happens, but it's, it's like, well, that's like literally what's, what's in uh, control. Like they've yeah. said that that's, it's dangerous for a lot of people to think about stuff. Cause that's how things become altered items. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, the, Gaming University was positing, I won't recite the whole video, but basically the board um, perpetuated itself within the oldest house by uh, inserting itself and making itself like the leader. So uh, there's symbol, there's inverted black pyramids all over the FBC. When people see that, it gives the board power, like it's mm-hmm. groupthink for them. Uh, but then when the former's kicked out, the former has nothing to keep it powerful. It doesn't have any... Uh, uh, collective unconscious to like remember it in a way you know to like uh, sort of pay tribute to it Um, that's why it was in the fridge which required you to look at it Mm -hmm. to uh, uh, otherwise it would go crazy so the uh, former was assuring a form of like uh, collective unconscious in the form of the fridge Mm -hmm. that it it uh you know, you have to look at it to kind of give the former a constant source of power. Um, so I think that's interesting looking at it through that lens. And I, I tend to lean towards that interpretation. The The big question is just like, why did the board kick out the former? What did the former do or not do? What is the board's motivation? You know, it's, it's, uh, and then the oldest house seems like a separate entity as well. So what do these three things have to do with each other? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was all very interesting. Do you want those questions answered? Or do you like 
Not really. I like just having my own theories. Uh, either way, honestly. I like having my own theories, but um, it would be nice for... When I, when I think of those questions being answered in these games, I think of the, the remedy way of doing it, where they just show you a scene that happens and someone says, like, we're all on the board. And then you just are left to be like, okay, that's it. That's the answer. Like, yeah. I don't know what that means. As somebody who's watched a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff, I kind of don't really want it answered. Because usually when this kind of stuff gets answered, it's like, oh, that wasn't that fun. Yeah, it, it takes away from the, the fun a little bit. And Remedy's good at doing interesting stuff with their endings, I think. In, instead of taking yeah. the fun away. So, I don't personally want it revealed that much. But... Yeah. Uh, back to the story of the fucking game. Uh, we didn't mention the that the board and the former give you a power. They give you a power basically to like control these crystals. Yeah. Uh, because there's all these crystals in the foundation. They're like these glowing rocks that fucking destroy your frame rate on your <laughs> console. Um, that's their superpower. <laughs> um, even on the PS5, the you look at them. And I don't know if it's, like, the the fucking, like, lighting tech that they have. Because the lighting tech in in Control is famously very good. And it yeah. basically bricked computers on launch. <laughs> um, so they had to do a lot of patching to make it actually run better. Yeah. Uh, but there were a few instances on PS5 where I was like, Jesus Christ, this is running at, like, two frames a second. Well, you got these elaborate 3D shapes that have to pop in in two seconds. So well, it's... I think what it is is I think it's lighting. Because I think that they are they have so much reflections off them. Oh, so many reflections off them. Sure. And if you have, like, a giant mass of just that and you're just looking at that, it's like, hey, we're going to go and take a shit right now. It's the slow motion rocks. That's fun. Yeah. How I... did your PS4 run? Honestly, it was, it, I know it... Definitely chugged a little bit, but okay. I actually I did play it on, on PS4 originally, and I was like, "Oh, these run like garbage." Okay, <laughs> I, I wonder if it'll run better on PS5. And I was like, "It runs better for the most part, but there's like three instances where it's like you can't look at those rocks." I actually played it on Xbox One. Oh, you played I, it on the original Xbox. I played it on the original Xbox One, and uh, this is not to do with the DLC, but just in general with the control. When I pause it, it pauses instantly. But when I unpause it, it's like a solid three seconds before the game can run. You know, it does that even on PS5. There you go. Okay. So it's a big fucking game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, th- these crystals, you get the ability to basically control these. You uh, get the ability to shape and you can use it to like uh, pull, just crystals pull the to crystals and platforms. then you get the ability i can't remember the uh, name of the other one because who cares uh you get the ability to shoot them yeah you uh, get the ability to break them which is like why can't i just uh, in the world of control why can't jesse's gun just break them anyway like because it's like a magic that's true i have to say like um overall the foundation i liked it but it was it felt pretty weak to me to be like okay two new powers and they're like uh environment based like i can pretty much only use them in this one yeah environment they try to add some like platforming instances but uh, where you know there's like a part where you have to go like up a giant tower yeah that was cool but like they're they're not really used that well even in that sequence i would have preferred just more control levels like i didn't need new powers yeah 
Um, it was fine. It was fine. There's I nothing mean, nothing wrong with it. The ability to like one shot really like super powered dudes by like shooting the ground underneath them and and they fall to their death. Sure, that was nice. Yeah, it's just like I feel as though these abilities will never come back. Like even if they make a control two, I don't think Jesse's gonna be pulling crystals out and shit. So that that took some Maybe. of the oomph out for me. Because yeah. that was what I projected. I mean, onto the game. did you like like being able to one shot guys by like using crystals like to stab them? I mean, it was cool, but it didn't significantly change the way I played yeah. the game. I mean, you can only use them in one spot. Like maybe if yeah. it was like, hey, there's crystals in like every arena. Right, right. That would be cooler. Like I said, nothing wrong with it. I just was. I was just like, oh, that's it. No, kind of disappointing. Yeah, maybe if it was like I could like mold these, like myself. With, yeah, but I mean. You can't really do that on, like, a, a, a controller. Yeah, it's honestly just, like, a button prompt. Like, with the other, um, you know, control abilities that you have, you they're so much more interactable. You know, with the force throw, you can pull stuff and choose where you throw it. Uh, with uh, mind control, you can choose what person you want to mind control. That can change the way you well, play. We could talk about the gun you get in AWE, but that one... Too, like it's like a grenade launcher that you can like stick on people yeah right and like you can stick that on like objects and like like about people like this one is just like okay yeah okay uh, you know honestly these abilities felt more like metroidvania abilities than yeah. control um which that was more interesting to me than like their combat um implications it was interesting that i had to get these abilities to explore new areas yeah um, so I, I liked that element of it a little bit more, um, and it was satisfying to shoot through a bunch of crystals as I was walking around, but... Which one did you pick first? I got platforming crystals first. I did too. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, do you want to break these? I was like, no, I want to be able to explore more areas. Yeah, I want to traverse. But it was cool with the breaking the crystals one. When you're in the astral plane and you're shooting down platforms that are held up by the crystals and then they fall. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that's a, a cool visual. Yeah, that was a very cool visual. Yeah. Uh, other than the new, that's, you get those new abilities and then it's just basically exploring the foundation and getting yeah, story you, bits, right? Yeah, the rest of the story of the foundation is you learn that Marshall uh, blew up the nail. because she Tried was like, to. Yeah, she tried to... Well, she did blow it up because it's destroyed. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it, you okay, have to okay. repair it. That's true. She she destroyed it. She tried to blow it up. She succeeded, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. She blew up the nail, nail because uh, she didn't want the hiss to get control of it because it's implied that this is, like, the foundation... I mean, the foundation, like, the literal heart of the oldest house. And she was like... If they could control this, they could control, like, whatever. Yeah. In the oldest house. I'm not sure if blowing it up was the best option, but... Yeah, I mean, I want to kind of talk about that. Because I, like, I figured that, like... I, I don't know if they had plans for this right away, and that's probably why, like, Marshall disappeared. Or if they were just like, we don't know what to do with her. Hmm. Because, because, uh, uh, like... Ash and Northmore have, like, a good story of, like, the push and pull of, like, management. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good put it. And, um, and subordinate. And uh, in regards to, like, Marshall, she is technically your subordinate, but she never even, like, communicates with you. Yeah. And I don't know if it was, like, 
if that's like on Jesse, but it's also like, I feel like it, it, this is once again, the fault of like old management because nobody knows what the foundation is. You talk to Pope and she's like, I've never been here. Yeah. Like right. everybody, like uh, it's, uh, I think you, and you read or you get a hotline that says like Darling or Trench or somebody, I can't remember who took her down to the foundation. And she's like, I'm the only one who knows about this place right. because I got high up, high enough into the, uh, to that BC to be able to have privilege enough to know about it. Which in of itself could lead to a lot of theories and, uh, you know, speculation about why that is. Yeah. I mean, she, her darling and Trench are now on the hotline. Right. Right. So, I mean, nobody else who's died is on the hotline. I wonder if, um, that we know about. It's true. Do you think maybe, I never, I didn't think about the Marshall being insubordinate to Jesse angle to that. She technically is. And that's kind of reflecting Ash being insubordinate to Northmore, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's that's a small parallel, but... Uh, I don't think it's as well done as the Ash and Northmore stuff. No, the Ash and Northmore stuff's really interesting because um, I saw uh, Gaming University framed it <laughs> as uh, a control or an FBC uh, cold war between, kind of. between those two. And yeah, it kind of is, which is an interesting angle. Yeah. And like you and Marshall have like a good rapport. Like there's no conflict between the, the yeah. two. So there's no, really no reason why she needed to go behind your back mm -hmm. to go blow this up. I, maybe she was like, I, like she can't be bothered. Maybe it was too important too fast. Like, oh, the hiss is going to get the, the nail. I have to blow it up right now. Or maybe right? they weren't done with the DLC. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, this this seemed planned to me. This seemed like... Yeah, I'm, I'm joking around. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked a couple of the side stories, too. Um, I liked the story about... Oh, no, was that... Was it research? Or, or was it AWE? Or was it the foundation where you learn about that team... That just gets like dropped to the bottom. No, that's the, the foundation. That's the foundation. Yeah. That was this one. I liked learning about that. That was really sad. <laughs> yeah, you get like a. Well, you talk about it since you brought it up. Oh well, you find. Um, I think it's yeah, it's memos. You find like you know writing about uh, this team uh, from I think the research sector that the oldest house just took their whole office and threw it into the foundation and just left them there. And you find their notes being like. Initially, they're like, okay, like, there was a big shift, and uh, we're all down here now. Uh, we're going to kind of look around, and slowly you keep finding notes of them just, like, dying, of them all dying, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and uh, I think one of the notes at the end is, like, to the control agent that they sent to collect us, like, I hope, fuck you, I hope this makes yeah. a, good, a good fucking report or something. Um, so that was interesting just to see that happen. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you that like, I think a lot of this game is actually like, again, more digs at like corporate culture. Mm. Um, just in the way, you know, the board is called the board, you know? Um, and this is a very like corporate game. Uh, like it feels like they are like poking, poking fun at like, you know, secrets and mysteries within the company when things go wrong, like why wouldn't you provide information to people and whatnot? Yeah. Like at some point people went down. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like implied that they knew about 
the foundation before those people got dropped in or not. Because mm-hmm. you find the people excavating later and they're like bringing people in and whatever. But again, the only people who know about the foundation now are Marshall, Trench, and like Darling and they're all dead. Right, yeah. So I, I, I kind of took that the implication was um, the oldest house was like, I don't want to say dying, but uh, if, if the board is an invading force or some kind of unwelcome entity... Uh, and their little uh, channeling tuning fork is in the foundation of the oldest house. I took the oldest house, bringing research down there as almost like um, an immune system thing, as a way to like get FBC people down there to be like, "Help me!" I, like the oldest me house too. crying yeah. for help. But I, but again, it's like I don't know how it communicates, and also like again, if that's the case, and it said it needed help because Marshall blew it up again. That's a failure of management because right. nobody knew about it. And, like, they could have been, like, okay, we know – what are the locations that we know about? Can we go and go to the locations that they are and, like, check them off a map? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So but, it's – but that's control. You know, that's that's everything is – is uh, it's just thrown all out on the table and they don't tell you what piece goes to what. You yeah. just have to figure it out. Um, I, I think the only other thing gameplay-wise to talk about is the final boss fight, right? Yeah, um, I think we pretty much did everything for the story, because basically at the end, you get all four keys, and then it's like, go back to the nail, and then you gotta like go underneath of it. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. Yeah. You jump down, and you're, you're like, will I go up to the ceiling? It's like, no, it goes below. <gasps> and you're like, whoa! Yeah, and it goes pretty far below, too. Uh-huh. And uh, then you fight uh, Marshall. You fight Marshall possessed by the hiss. You're like, whoa, what a twist! I mean, it's kind of an obvious twist. It was, but I was still like, oh, I was holding out hope that maybe mm-hmm. she yeah. could be saved because Jesse is like, wait, I saw her, but and she's not dead. I don't. Um, but also, you've never seen like again somebody possessed by the hiss on the hotline. Yeah, right. And uh, we've never seen um, like a, a character that we knew before an uncorrupted person get corrupted by the hiss, and now we have to fight him. So that was unique. Um, and the the fight was pretty challenging, too. Yeah, I died a couple times. I felt like I died more so, though, because uh, they do way too much damage on some stuff. But then, like, the third time, I just, like, breezed through it. It's like, what the fuck? How did I get through it so fast? Honestly, yeah, it was, it was hard, and then it just clicked, and I was like, okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, and the- I felt bad, too, because there's, like, a part two where, like, the former will, like, provide you with, like... Uh, people taken over that or constructs. Oh, yeah. In that fight, like it'll be like, like you'll see some shit on the. Oh, bottom, I did. Yeah, and yeah. And it'll yeah. be like, it'll be like you need help, provide assistance or whatever, and then oh. uh, you'll see like the the fucking astral plane constructs come out, and you're like, what the fuck? Oh, I don't think I I don't remember that. If that ha- I'm sure that that must have happened. Well, I died literally as soon as that happened. So oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what that is, and then that never occurred again. Oh, that's so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I never got low enough health for him to, quote, right. uh, provide help. Sure. You know. For bail you out. Yeah. Oh, well, he's a good whatever he is. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think the snipers in control were really fucking annoying this time around. I don't, yeah, I don't remember them being hard in the main game. And then in this, it was like, what the fuck? You, it, you get, like, down to one shot yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's like one hit from the sniper will almost completely yeah. drain your health. You really need to do a lot of crowd control in this last fight 
Yeah. And it's yeah. fucking annoying. It was a classic control fight where the whole room was bathed in red. Um, so it was kind of hard to see people at a certain point, which I'm assuming is part of it. So. Uh, it was hard to make out who was who. Yeah. Because Marshall is just like a guy. Yeah. She's a girl. Like, it's just like whatever. It, well, it's not when you fight a control boss in the past, it's been like a big floating glowing thing that flies around and looks different from everything else. Yeah. But yeah, Marshall's just running around uh, like a normal soldier shooting at you. So it's a little tough to be like, is that Marshall? I think that's Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can like shoot her in the pits and she'll just get teleported out and like <laughs> a little bit of her health will be gone. You'll be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I got this cool ability and it doesn't even fuck her up like the other yeah. guys. That would be cool if it just worked to like, oh, you <laughs> immediately win. killed her. That would yeah. be awesome. Like, just do cool. that. Come on. Or, or if it like impaled her for a sec until the uh, yeah crystals disappeared, that'd be sweet. Like, get a breather. Yeah, yeah. And she like could... comes back right away if she falls off, and she just yeah. gets like, oh, I got hit by spikes. Whatever, I don't care. They gotta do it. It's easier to code that way. Uh, so that's the end of that. And I think you beat Marshall, and then you. Go back up to the top. Well, you have to go and uncorrupt the nail because at that point you're like, oh, it's fucking corrupted. Yeah, right, right. Like they, they got to it because, you know, you you fixed it and of course you fixed it and then everything went wrong. So right. uh, every time, you know. You lose control. Yeah. But then you fix Is there a cutscene when you fix it? You the fix nail? it uh, and that's the big, like, the big twisty twist. Uh, but uh, real quick, I wanted to mention since I, I figure we're going to be close to done with the foundation after this uh a couple things one new enemy did you enjoy fighting them the guy was with the pickaxe yeah the little like cave people the pickaxe guys yeah um i would say yes and no um i enjoyed fighting them because they weren't shooting at me um but they were annoying in the sense that uh they I, I would get close to them and then they would run. They would dash away. They teleport, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they would throw pickaxes at you. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah, it was fun because you could telekinetically grab their pickaxes and throw them back at them. But uh, that gimmick didn't carry them throughout the whole DLC. Yeah. They put in a new ability called Shield Rush at some point. I don't remember yeah. if it's in the foundation or what. Uh, but the Shield Rush is you use your shield. Uh, and then if you dash, you damage Mm-hmm. enemies in front of you and that i felt was really useful against them yeah other than that, that that ability is not very useful there is uh another thing that happens with the environment where there are crystals on the ground covering mm-hmm. a pit and you can destroy the crystals and the enemies will fall yeah, through them I, I mentioned that oh you did i'm sorry i'm, <laughs> I'm an sorry. idiot i'm stupid ahead, that go. was fun that i just want to say I, I enjoyed that um and then the other thing uh that i wanted to mention did you ever use the, like, call an agent Yeah, I did. Thing? Yeah, I used it every time. They introduce a new, like, little interactable that's like, Jesse will, like, get on an intercom and be like, send an agent to me right away. Mm-hmm. And then a guy, like, teleports in and he's like, hoorah, I'm a fucking badass. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Was that in the game proper? No. Yeah, I was waiting for a document that explained that that desk was like an altered item or something. They never explained anything with that stuff. Yeah, well, they don't need to because it would be a lot to explain. Here's how this item works and then a soldier shows up. It's fine. It it's works like fine. it's just a fucking video game. Yeah. Right <laughs> it's the one compromise they made in the game. Everything yeah. else is totally diegetic and works great. Um, but yeah. So 
uh, I, I the only other other thing that I was genuinely like, I don't want to say like. Did you find the fucking TV? Uh, Did you find the other uh, threshold kids? No, I didn't. Oh my god, there's another threshold kid. In kids. the foundation. Look, if you can go online and find it, it's called like unused episode or something. Oh, cool. Is it like creepy? Yeah. Cool. It's the creepiest one yet. Oh, nice. Why <laughs> You're like, they can't fucking show this to Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Remedy, just make TV shows. Like, I, I like your games, but clearly you no, just want to make no, TV shows. I, no, no, just make games. I, I like their games, but they're always like no. backdoor pilots for TV no, shows. No, just make fucking, don't make TV shows. TV shows are hard. Games are also hard, but I like the blending of mediums more than a fucking TV show. That's true. I will agree with that. Um, I don't want to watch fucking 15 minutes of Quantum Break and then go play more Quantum Break. Remember the... Well, never mind. I was going to bring up the Alan Wake prequel Bright Falls. That was... I never watched it. A web series. I watched it. Uh, So, if we beat Marshall, we shoot her to fucking Swiss cheese, and then we fly back up to the Foundation's base camp. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw this or if it's scripted or whatever, but as you leave the foundation base camp and you look out into the distance by like Ati's um, vacation vacation area, area yeah. you see what looks like the former, just like oh, back back. It is way. the former. Yeah, he yeah. like he like quote escapes maybe unquote. Yeah, that's that's the last we've seen of him. Yeah. And uh, the final cutscene is Jesse doing a monologue, uh, and she's talking to Pope, and she's like. The board is appeased for now, but, you know, I don't, I don't think they got what they wanted. I don't know that, like, you know, I'm on to them, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I know their, what their game plan is now. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it's like showing a bunch of montages of like areas of the foundation, whatever. And then it goes back to the executive suite and it shows the pyramid because the pyramid is like at the executive right. suite in your yeah. hub area. And it flips as she's saying, like. I'm on to them. I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. And it flips to upright. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. pyramids, they're okay. doing a thing. Okay, they have to drop like on poetry, them. so they rhyme. <laughs> like, they did it. Yeah. Uh, and that was, it, it was a very solid continuation of the control story. I think it was okay. I, I, playing through this, I was like, you know, this, like, MacGuffin that you have to go after is not as interesting. I enjoyed the stuff with the former. Mm-hmm. Um... And I enjoyed the stuff with Ash, but, like, I wasn't interested in, like, the actual, like, get the thing. Whereas, like, when I was playing Control proper, I was, like, I was invested in, like, the conflict between Jesse and Dylan. I was invested in, like, the characters. And there aren't really that many characters in this. I mean, you got the former, you got Ash and Northmore, but, like, you're not, like, talking to them. You're not, like, getting to know them. You kind of do, but, like, you know, it's, it's a bit more light. On that kind of stuff. Yeah, it very much felt like it could have easily just been another chapter of Control. Mm-hmm. You know, like during the main game. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, But what I liked about it was it just was more Control. Like, it, it wasn't... Yeah. It didn't blow me away, but it was, it was not any worse than anything else in the game. This DLC felt uh, like a Control follow-up. And the next DLC feels like... Oh, they just made us made an Alan Wake uh, expansion for us fucking sickos. I, the, yeah, the next DLC really felt like like an after credits scene. Like a, a, I don't like a full like. What if they made like a five hour long like, hey motherfucker, 
We're gonna like make every single Easter egg <laughs> possible for the MCU. Yeah, honestly, that, like, that's they're like, all right, here's Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking remember Howard this? the Duck. Yeah, here's this and, and you're that. like, and all the fucking people have already left the fucking theater, and they're like, the fuck is that? I don't <laughs> give a shit there's about a, this. There's a whole and like movie. everybody, everybody's like, oh, like all the nerds yeah. are like, fucking, he, it's death. She's fucking talking to Thanos. I have never felt so satiated as an Alan Wake fan than I did when I played this Control DLC. Oh, well, I know we're not live, but with that, with that, do you want to take a break real quick? Sure. Yeah. While we, while we reconvene and, and talk about that. That's fine with me. It, that's a, that's a good segue. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break with no commercials, because we don't do that. <laughs> Through the magic of editing, we are back. I sound like a robot. I was like, yeah, but that just sounded so good. Yeah, I'll just keep that in. Yeah. Uh, we're back. Well, let's talk about AWE. Yeah, I thought, uh, no offense to the Foundation, but this was the real DLC. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Marshall. Your death wasn't that interesting. wasn't interesting as yeah. a picture of Alan Wake, so... Uh, but yeah, well, how does this DLC start? What the fuck did you think of the opening of this motherfucker? Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. I love, it's like, go to the elevator. The The mission in the game, it just prompts you, go to the elevator. I'm like, okay. You start walking to the ele- elevator, and then Alan Wake just starts talking. <laughs> and I was like, fuck! Um, He's on the hotline. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was, Why is Alan Wake on the hotline? It was immediately cool. Number one to see Alan Wake at his classic typewriter, and, and all, his classic tweed jacket his, with fucking uh, shit on the sleeves, elbows, elbows elbow pads, elbow pads on the on the elbow. His classic yeah. elbow pads. I, Alan Wake's iconic elbow pads. Which, the, real quick, can we talk about for a hot minute? I don't know if you want to talk about this at the end or what. The fuck did we just do last time? What? We predicted out fucking uh, Alan Wake at the goddamn... Yeah. <laughs> in fucking Fortnite. Yeah, we were what joking. What did we do? We were like, imagine as a promo for Alan Wake 2. We oh put God. Alan Wake in Fortnite as a joke. And we like threw our heads back laughing at it. And then a week, <laughs> fucking a week later, the Alan Wake... Not even a week later, it was this week. Yeah. So a month passed. Was it a whole month? Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. we did the recording last month. I guess it was. Jeez, I'm fucking stupid. I mean, but, you you guys are going to hear this uh, if you're listening to it when it came out, like, a week after Alan Wake 2 came out. So, I mean, all of this fucking shit, we're going to be wrong about. Yeah. All of yeah. our predictions, it's going to come out and be like, Alan Wake uh, turned out to be a monster from hell. <laughs> but we were right about Alan Wake and Fortnite. We weren't right about it. We just said it would be fucking dumb, and then it happened. Yeah. we, we were Sweetie said, let me lay off all my fucking workers. I literally and then fucking... I'll fucking make uh, Alan Wake in, for- in Fortnite. You made a joke about, like, yeah, they're going to put him in Fortnite. And I, was, <laughs> I, I remember being like, Alan Wake in Fortnite. Can you imagine? That's yeah, you so... said, why is Grandpa in Fortnite? Yeah, it's like... That's what it looks like. It's the wrong character for Fortnite. Uh, but Who's the coolest character we could... We, you know, do we get Bad Bunny in, in Fortnite yet? Do we, we put Markiplier in Fortnite yet? No, they're not big enough. We who's need the, someone... Who's the guy who does the shrug on TikTok? Do oh. we get that? They put him in Fortnite already. Yeah, I know. I, like, did I they get him in Fortnite? Alan Wake is in the same But they fucking put Alan Wake in the goddamn game. Yeah. 
Oh my god. So that's that happened. The uncoolest character in the fucking game. <laughs> I think Alan Wake's cool. He's not cool though. I think that's he, the point. He is cool. <laughs> he's <laughs> for fucking thirty year old nerds. No, he's really we cool. We played his game when we were 14 that we grew up and we're like, actually, we think his game is actually pretty good. <laughs> and all the fucking 15-year-old, 14-year-old fucking people who played it at the time grew up into us and it's like, all the other other people were like in their 30s who were playing and were like, this is fucking great. I really like this. Well, if you, if you and I were teenagers right now, we would probably be playing Fortnite. And if we were, maybe we would look at Alan Wake and be like, oh, yeah, we played the, cool. Yeah, we played the Alan Wake experience. I, I, oh, I should have fucking played that by the, by, by the time this came out. We can do a separate podcast. For oh, that. yeah. Let's do a separate podcast on the Alan Wake experience. I need to fucking play as... Uh, uh, the alien from Aliens and, right. and go through Bright Falls and experience <laughs> the the horror of Bright Falls. You can the be two any... best experiences in Fortnite. What was it? The Martin Luther King I Have a Dream I, I knew film? You were gonna say that. speech? I knew you were gonna Alan say that. Wake won. <laughs> On the same level of cultural importance. The Alan fucking, Wake won. The fucking steps of the Lincoln Memorial to talk about <laughs> About racism, Alan Wake. And then Alan Wake. Fucking just Christ. barely beaten out by the Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Just barely. You, should, no, you gotta be Goku for both of those. I wanna be Goku going through I have Wake. seen Rick being on fucking watching the fucking I Have a Dream speech and it's the stupidest shit ever. I've seen people doing Gangnam Style with, <laughs> yeah. with Rick Sanchez at the I Have a Dream virtual speech. But everybody respects Alan Wake. No one did that. <laughs> <laughs> but so that we we predicted that or we accidentally made a joke we, about we that we manifested in the B just like in Alan Wake it's our fault no it, it's the concept of control we said like wouldn't con- it be funny and then that brought it into it's reality it's the concept of, uh, of groupthink our group of two people it was a Jungian entrance into a uh, collective unconscious that brought that yeah. to, to life two people said it was possible so the universe said of fucking course it's gonna happen yeah, then Alan, the download file for Alan Wake and Fortnite <laughs> is an altered item yeah. yeah so that that's that's that uh that was i just very... need, i needed to mention that it's fucking incredible yeah i actually um i think i sent that to you because you did you it, were like they fucking did it and yeah. i was like are you fuck i was at work and i i'm not kidding i was laughing to myself <laughs> at work for like 15 minutes <laughs> i can't like i was in the office that day and i'm like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> I clicked on that video because it said, like, Jack Skellington was coming to Fortnite. Of course. And it was, like, 50 seconds long. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll watch it, Jack. What's he, what's he look like? I, Fortnite has appealing. They put Michael Myers in Fortnite. Yeah, they did. They, in this DLC, it's... Again, Michael Myers <laughs> and Jack do... Skellington, two of the most iconic Halloween characters. Can dab Who's the through... other uh, Halloween character? There are other uh, hundreds of Halloween <laughs> characters that we could put in the game. But what we own, we're publishing Alan Wake too. So let's put in Alan Wake. Alan Wake, uh, not fucking Isaac from Dead Space, who no. also wields a gun. Not Freddy Krueger. Not Jason. I think Warriors. they have Freddy Krueger. Do they? Maybe I don't know. I haven't kept up with Fortnite. Fucking everybody in the game. They, they all have, they have Everyone you, is here. They'll have you and me in the game next week. Yeah, without our uh, approval. But that was funny, and that was a great. <laughs> The journey to Alan Wake 2 has been a long and funny one, and I didn't think it would involve Fortnite, but here we are. You know, I mean, I'm 
I'm glad that somebody is trying to make this game successful because, boy howdy, I do not have a good feeling about that game releasing and bombing. Alan Wake 2? Yeah, we could talk about it at yeah, the we'll end. we talk about it. So, but this, AWE Expansion for Control. Uh, the most clever fucking acronym in the world. Alan Wake Expansion, more like. Uh, the Altered World Event, Ryan. I know, but it really stands for Alan Wake Expansion. But anyway, <laughs> so you start the mission, it's like go to the elevator... You walk to the elevator, and then Alan Wake's typing on his typewriter, and you see him like he's on the hotline. He's like, my name is Alan Wake. I'm yeah. a writer. I, I, yeah. And Jesse's like, was that guy a writer or something? He's like, I thought he was a filmmaker. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah, let's, well, we'll get to it, but Jesse... <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a large contributions to Alan Wake in this DLC. Lots of lore. Yes. Uh, Jesse goes to the investi- investigation sector. Uh, as far as control, like FBC um, information and development, there's not a whole lot this time around. It's, I mean, you get it's a lot of just connections. It's like yeah, it's like watching it's like watching a crossover episode of like your favorite TV show. It's like me watching like the fucking uh, DC like CW shows and being like. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is connected to this. Oh, this is connected to this. Oh, this is connected to this. Interesting. Except that hardly ever happens. This is just like, again, as we described earlier, like, what if at the end of an MCU movie they were just like, dump all the fucking shit on you? Yeah. Well, this, what's interesting about it is it kind of felt like an episode of Control, just like you said, a crossover just with Alan Wake. Yeah. I actually really admired the way that it never leaned, in my opinion, too hard into being an Alan Wake thing. Yeah. It still felt like a control thing through mm-hmm. and through, um, which I thought was really impressive. Yeah. But uh, you are exploring the investigation sector mm-hmm. in this, which has been abandoned because of some things that happened. Right. Um, and uh, there is some cool bits at the beginning where you can, like, pick up... There's, like, a shitload of documents in this DLC. And there's, like, fucking, like, ten of them right in the opening lobby. Yeah, there's it's a like lot. It's, like, ridiculous. You, I like, mean, go in and you're like, oh, here's a thing on the ground. And then you, like, go over to the side rooms and you're like, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Here's another, and you're like... Like, I know that these games... Like, there's... We talked about the Ash and Northmore ones you know, uh, in the last segment, but, like, usually in this game, like, with the Ash and Northmore stuff, there's just a couple of, uh, a couple of pieces of lore, uh, memos and and recordings and whatnot, every so often. They're Mm -hmm. not, like, every five feet, like, in the lobby of this place. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this was, I think, in the entire game, the most loaded with... This lobby section even yeah. was the most loaded with documents to pick up and read yeah, through the whole game. Because they need to like establish, okay, what happened in investigations? How yeah. is this connected to Bray Falls? Right. How do we connect this to Alan Wake? What happened with Alice Wake? Did anything happen with Barry? Like, mm-hmm. let's connect like who at uh, Bright Falls is like connected to the FBC. Well, you know, and they're doing all of that like just in all these documents, and they still want to be like. What is investigations? Yes. And on top of that, they want to go over, like, non-Alan Wake cases in investigations. Like, mm-hmm. the stuff with NASA and yeah. uh, the Fru Power, whatever, Frau Pau. Um So, yeah, there's a lot. But I ate it up. 
I, it was great. I was like, give me more. Like, yeah. serve this up on a fucking plate. I, I mean, if this was their model going forward of just like, hey, we're going to release this stuff, I'd be like, done. Yeah, honestly. And you know what? Crossover with whoever you want. I don't care. Do a fucking uh, X-Files crossover. Yeah, fucking Blue's Clues. Let's do it. I would love Blue's Clues and he's control. <laughs> you, get, uh, you, get, uh, you get Steve and he's got the hat on. He's like... <laughs> We just got a letter, yeah. and it's and it's one of the letter, the dead letters. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. it's like it's like uh, my feet smell like cheese, and he's like, hmm, <laughs> is that a clue? <laughs> and, blue, and Blue's Clues are like they're altered items in yeah. themselves. Yeah. Uh, There's this this guy named named Steve. Does he have a power yeah, over a, over a, a a cartoon dog that only he can see that helps him solve mystery? He's seen, he can solve any mystery. He has solved every unsolved. He knows where Jimmy Hoffa's body is. That's yeah. how good of a detective he is. That'd be fucking awesome. That would be. I would read that story. I know. So you walk through the uh, investigation sector. And uh, you pretty quickly get a cutscene with Alan Wake, right? And the... the uh, I forgot that was right away. And I was yeah. like, oh, this one's starting right away? This is like... This is my favorite cutscene with like Alan Wake ever. You think? I think. Why? Uh, fucking describe it, dude. So you go to the Ocean View Motel. Yeah. Jesse does. And then you see Alan Wake there. Well, she just pulls the light switch. Sure. And when she pulls the light switch... Instantly changed Alan Wake, and you're uh, well, not instantly. It like does a bunch of cool camera tricks and shit, and you're like, "Wait, why am I seeing Alan Wake?" Mm-hmm. Like instantly, you're like, "Aren't I in Control Land?" It's like, "No, we're we're gonna again." As I said, they're putting the shit in for the real sickos, the real <laughs> Alan Wake sickos. They're like, "All right, we know what you want. Just yeah. here you go. Just yeah, be yeah. fed for a little bit. We're uh-huh. gonna you'll go back to Control soon, but." Have your shit. Here's your your Alan Wake appetizer, and then we'll we'll bring out the control main course with, yeah. with an Alan Wake flavor. Yeah, and and it, yeah, so it's it's black and white. Mm-hmm. You see Alan Wake in the Ocean View Motel, and um, he's kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, he's just like meandering around the room. He looks just like lost and disheveled, and then he uh, encounters Thomas Zane. He says he's Tom Zane. Oh, that's right. Tom Zane. Mm-hmm. And Tom Zane looks exactly like Alan Wake. Yeah. And. Which is weird because he should look like the diaper. Yeah. He, it, that, that immediately, because we just played Alan Wake mm-hmm. like a month ago. Um, if I hadn't played Alan Wake since the original release. Yeah. That might have confused me. Um, but I, I was like, wait, when did Thomas Zane become an Alan Wake lookalike. And I, I didn't even realize till right now that you said he's Tom Zane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was like, this is not Thomas Zane. This is some other it's, thing. I think it's some sort of entity or something. Yeah. Because it's I don't think it's Thomas Zane. And Alan Wake also brings up, he's like, what about my double? What about Mr. Scratch? Yeah. And I don't think it's Mr. Scratch. Because in the time that we played this in Alan Wake, I went back and played American Nightmare. And Mr. Scratch is not at all like whatever this Tom Zane is. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't think that's Mr. Scratch. Uh, and he also says whatever the Tom Zane is, says like, haha, no, uh, he's he's being taken care of. Like Mr. Scratch he is, just writes it, it off, is yeah. like being taken care of. Like, don't worry about Mr. Scratch. Mm-hmm. And then I think he offers Alan a drink, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, what happens at the end of it? It just it cuts. Yeah, it just stops. Like, uh, I mean, 
the, the fucking coolest shit ever happened was where it does like a cool transition uh where it's like spinning and shit and then like it, like the camera like rushes out of the spiral door in mm-hmm. the ocean view motel and jesse's like was that alan wait yeah was that tom did he say thomas zane was there was it tom thomas I, I don't know who that is. That was a filmmaker? She says that was the poet. No, wait, the filmmaker. I always get those two confused. Yes. Yeah. And even in the cutscene, Tom says, he's like, ah, you're the the poet, Thomas. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a filmmaker. A lot of people get that confused. Yeah, I think he even said, like, uh, I'm, I got the idea from a movie I filmed or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's just a, uh, that's just an idea. I'm, I'm not really a poet. Was that ever brought up before this? Nope. Cause that, I was, made me feel like I missed something. Nope. You know? That's why, again, this is the coolest shit ever. Cause I was like, <laughs> is he actually fucking Thomas Zane or not? What's going on? I have no idea what's happening. This is so cool. I'm just overwhelmed with fucking Alan Wake lore and I need more of it. Yeah. Honestly. Um, that's what they do. It's like, Every time you get more Alan Wake lore, the story has, like, already progressed. You're like, I missed something. Yeah. Um, and then Jesse just kind of does control stuff. Yeah, right? she's like, oh, that happened. And the player is like... <laughs> and, like, anybody who didn't play Alan Wake or didn't care about it was like, the fuck is this? I they were like, that's control. different from everything else I've seen in Control so far. Yeah. Why was that so It's different? also live action. Like, it, like, takes control away from you. Yeah. Which they don't really do. A lot of times, like... Even in the cutscenes that will be, like, uh, showing Jesse's perspective, like, it'll have, like, somebody narrating it. Yeah. Like, it'll be, like, Trench or, like, Marshall narrating it. Or, or in, Darling. in the game control, when it is, like, a cutscene, it's usually, um, I noticed this just, like, watching videos about control. Mm-hmm. The cutscenes in the game proper are uh, mostly when Jesse is, like, fighting off some hiss thing or, like, doing yeah. something with the hiss. So it's kind of like the implication of the hiss is taking over jesse and taking control away from the player um so that's you know interesting in that regard i don't know we can go into theories we can but uh then i think you just do an ocean view motel yeah mini thing and then you uh then just go to investigations and is that where you encounter the like boss the whole game the boss for the whole uh so do they talk about in in the memos first about Hartman or cause Alan writes about it first. He I, comes on the hotline and he's like, he's like, Hartman was afraid, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. He needed power, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So we ended up diving into the lake. Cause this entire time you're getting hotline messages that are just straight up narrations from Alan Wake. No, yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to experience Alan Wake from a non-Alan Wake perspective, to not be playing as him, mm-hmm. that was cool, because it really gave credence to the story that he had been through up to this yeah, point. Yeah, and again, we could talk about it at the end about what it implies. Yes. I'm mistaken, because there's a really cool part that I wanted to talk about, where Jesse walks into, I think, the area where you encounter darkness for the first time in mm-hmm. Control, and everything is, like, falling out of itself, and, like, creating duplicates. Do you remember that? Yeah. That visual... Uh, was awesome. That wasn't the darkness first. That was just like the office area. And right. And she's just like, I don't know what the fuck is up with this shit. I'm going to I'm going to Yeah, she's walking. like, well, that doesn't look good. Uh, and it was 
the, just something about that visual when I saw it. I was and like, it's Whoa. never explained, and you don't need it to be explained. It's just something wonky in the oldest house. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, but then you go to an area where you do encounter the darkness, and it's different from how the darkness was depicted in Alan Wake. Uh, I mean, slightly different, not it's even like, entirely. Yeah, it's like a big Ghostbusters pile of goo. Which, there were some goo spots in Alan Wake, but they weren't, like, obstacles, really. No, it was, the, and they were on the ground, you know, the, and in this, it's like a Ghostbusters goo pile. It's, it's, it reminded me of the Harry Potter games that I played growing up, where there's just piles of slime that you have to magic away. So, you pick up a light uh, that's just sitting on the floor or whatever, and then you shine it on the goo. Yeah, I, I like that later you meet up with, uh... Uh, with Langston over, like, an intercom, and he's like, do you have a flashlight or, like, a pen light or anything like that? She's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I have that? Yeah, but, like, it's it's cool that, like, it's like, well, if you're going to do Alan Wake stuff, how is she going to get rid of the darkness? Oh, she fucking has the force. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. She's just, just going to use a light. Pick up a thing and hold it. And that was really cool, again... To see Alan Wake game design filtered through control. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's what that was. Uh, and you mentioned Langston. There's a lot of Langston in this uh, DLC. Not that much. I, I mean, more than the game proper. Like, uh, there's He has, like, two scenes. He's three. more... I, I felt in this DLC that he was more central to the story than he was in, like, the game. I, I, that was actually something I was going to complain about. I thought Pope was more, like influential or like she you could talk to her more in the foundation and this you have the one conversation with langston over the intercom he does his spiel where he's just talking mm-hmm. because you can't respond to him yeah uh where he tells his story about like his neighbor mm-hmm. uh, and you can stand there and wait for him but he repeats that every time you walk into that area again yep. uh and then that's it uh, at the very end he like tells you like Oh, Tartman's went through that door and he's ugly. And then you come back and he talks and that's it. That's all I guess it, may, it just felt like there was more Langston because he was telling a story for a long time. But you're <laughs> right. Yeah, Pope was more central to Foundation than Pope Langston. Pope was more interest, interesting. Did you find Langston's raps, though? No. He has raps. He did, like, demo tapes? He did, like, slam poetry, like, raps. Oh, I did find those. Yeah, yeah I did find the slam poetry stuff. Those are great. Um, yes, they were. I mean, I, this DLC, I, I, maybe that's why I felt like Langston was more central was because he was given more, like, uh, I don't know. I felt like he had more agency in the main game because you at least, he's like in charge of the, uh, Panopticon Panopticon, and that was like a bigger deal than this He had more agency in the main game. I think this was the only time in Control where a character... From control has been like presented as like a goofball for a long period of time. Sure. So I think that's why I just was like, oh, I'm getting more. He talks in. about his life outside of the, uh, outside the of the bureau, which yeah. I don't think really. Trench is the only other person who talks about his life really outside of the bureau. Sure. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the thing that gets you. Langston talks to you as you enter the main area. Yeah, Hartman was the the guy that like would. Uh, keep people locked up in his little, like, psychiatry office. His therapy retreat. In Alan Wake, if you've never played Alan Wake. uh, Yeah. Or didn't listen to the episode. So, and he kept, like, Alan Wake up in, like, the the Anderson brothers and, like, other people. And he 
probably instigated like Alan Wake like coming to Bright Falls. Yeah, we said this in our Alan Wake playthrough that he's uh, basically the secondary antagonist of yeah. Alan Wake. He's he's not the main villain, but he is like as important to the plot as the main villain. He's more of an asshole than anyone else in the game. Definitely. He's definitely like straight up a, a dick. <laughs> yeah. And um, you do get some taste of that when you, you get some taste of that dick when you're walking <laughs> through control and you find... Uh, before you get to the main kind of brunt of this DLC, you do find a recording of Dr. Hartman talking to um, FPC agents. And I think yeah. you, you find a, a file or two that detail like his encounters with the Bureau and yada yeah. yada, yada and yeah. how they're keeping tabs on him. They, I mean, uh, they basically say like, hey, we wanted, you know, we've created this uh, this order, which nobody knows about altered items. So how are they like going to not follow this order? Yeah, so, where, they're, where they're like, hey, you can't create altered items. You yeah. can't create altered world events. Like, that's against the law. Mm. But Hartman has been doing this constantly over the years. Yeah. Because he has people like Alan who have power and he has the lake. And he's like, I wanna, I'm want i going to use the lake because it has influence over people who are creative to try to gain money and using my psychiatry office. The Bureau... Uh, uses that to revoke his medical license and to shut him down and to charge him with crimes and yeah. all that stuff. Which it's like again, how the fuck are they supposed to? Know? How do we, I mean, he's a dick. Like I'm not, I'm not justifying it, but it's also like, how do people like not follow this? You know what I mean? I, I will agree that it is crazy that the bureau can go around and be like. We're the bureau of weird shit, and you did weird shit. You're under arrest. It's like if if. Uh, somebody came to your house, Ryan, and they said, uh, hey, uh, were you playing Super Smash Bros? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, alright, by order of uh, yeah. Smash Bros. Rhetoric 8552, you're under arrest. It was against the law to play Smash Bros. for uh, this a lot of time. Uh, you're coming with us. And you're like, where was that rent? And they're like, uh, we can't talk about that. That's classified. But ignorance of the law is not a uh, way out of breaking the law. I so guess. If, if Hartman broke the law, technically, he can't say, like, well, I didn't know and get away with it. But even, a, even with weird shit like control. It's just, I, again, I'm not just, it sounds like I'm justifying his actions and I'm not. It's just, it. it's a shit, you don't need to keep this secret from people. But no. I guess you do, I mean, I don't know. It's No, it's yeah, I, I'm not, like. It's a catch-22. I, I, not, not really. I, I, I catch twenty two is like a you can't. It, it's like a no win situation, right? Yeah, I mean, if you tell people about Ultraborn events, they might just start doing weird shit. Oh, I thought That's you. What I mean, I thought you were saying Doctor Hartman was in a catch. No, no, and and I'm not. I don't think you're defending his actions. I'm just saying, like, if you commit a crime that you don't know is against the law, you still could sure. be charged with it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I did notice that too. I was like, wait, they're charging Dr. Hartman? How is he supposed to know that? But it's like, well, if it's if it's technically against the law, even if it's like a secret law... I don't know. Secret laws are dumb. Yeah. I should be able to look up the law that I'm getting charged with, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, that's... that's That was just like a weird thing. I you know, you know why it was weird? It was because this whole time, the FBC has been like the X-Files agency where they're just like collecting weird shit and they're just like a bunch of weirdos doing weird stuff. Yeah. So it was weird to see them functioning as like police officers well, and the Eagle, or like feds. The Eagle Limited AWE, which you also have, which is the one with the train car. Yeah. It's also like 
shown in that 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 probably some terrorist organization or whatever went ahead and like created that on their own and there is another memo about there being a black market for altered items yeah and it's also implied that they don't even know what the like the people who are buying it off the black market probably don't even know that these are altered items they're just buying them because they're like it's weird and that's cool yeah you know and what do they call them like para criminal yeah. organizations or something which i think I would imagine, because Alan Wake 2 has somebody from the SBC in it, uh, played by Janina Gavankar, I think, um, and I'm going to assume that she's going to come in and be like, I am a FBC lady, I am going to investigate and be a investigator. Yeah. Like um, the FBI. Basically. With uh, the guy that is played by Sam Lake? No, she's she's with the FBC, Sam Lake man. Uh, is um, is with the uh, player that you care at, play as. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's... Okay, you're right. The, this is, the, Janina Gavankar's yes. character is just uh, an FBC agent. She's right. not with Sam Lake. Uh, so that was interesting to get those tidbits about Dr. Hartman um, interacting with the, the FBC. I was a little confused, and maybe you can shed some light on it, but... Mm-hmm. As far as I could tell, Dr. Hartman died in Alan Wake when the darkness he did not. got him. So, after, so the darkness took him over and... No, it just dragged him away. We never saw what happened to him. But I think it's like, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Nightingale? Nightingale. Because we okay. never saw what happened to Nightingale. And Nightingale is shown at the end of, of the game. Well, I guess that's what confused me is Hartman wasn't shown at the end of the game. You kill his, like, orderly. Yeah, but Hartman didn't show up in the final cutscene, so I I thought he was just like I thought he was dead too. I thought to he got honest. got. Yeah, but he he's not because he didn't. He you never saw him. So like screen after the events of Alan Wake, he interacted with the FBC. He they were investigating him. They were like, "Hey, uh, this motherfucker is doing some weird shit." Mm-hmm. And they were investigating Bright Falls. Right. So they went to Bright Falls to investigate it as an AWE. Uh, it's also shown in this uh, that uh, Sarah's dad is an FBC agent. Right. The uh, police officer. Breaker's father. Sheriff yeah. Breaker's father. Uh, so he like had connections and he like called them up and they came out there and they're like, what the fuck was going on here? That It seems like they also had interacted with it before because they... Knew about the Anderson tw- uh, Anderson brothers. Yes, which was cool to yeah. read a little file on them. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, they're like, we battled the darkness, and they were like, they were like struck by like who was it? Tor was struck by lightning, and and Odin like cut out his own eye, yeah. and like they were like, we fought the evil bitch back, and you're like, oh, sh- I would have played that game. Yeah, right. Honestly, yeah. I, was, I was picturing a prequel in my head. That'd be fucking cool. It'd be in yeah. the '70s. Yeah, oh. that'd be sick. Yeah, uh, you know, I wasn't there a line in Alan Wake from Sheriff Breaker that her dad like drank himself to death or something. No, she said he the she said I'm gonna call my father and like, um, she's just like oh like I want to you know, I uh like we have this weird secret society in Bright Falls and whatever. So like I guess they kind of just went, hey that's like a good connection. We yeah. like we can be like hey like Sheriff Breaker, her dad is like the head of this secret society. And maybe, I don't know if he tells anybody else about the FBC, mm. but, like, since he's, like, the guy who's, like, yeah, I, I know about stuff because I'm, I'm the FBC guy, then they can, like, trust him and stuff. Sure. So, okay, yeah. That, that it's is, a good excuse. No, definitely. It's just crazy to think, like, 
Control came out a, a decade after yeah. Alan Wake. It's, I mean, it's clear that it wasn't planned, but, like, whoever wrote this, I mean, it was Sam Lake who wrote it, they were like, oh, that's that makes sense. Yeah, there's the connection we yeah. can do. It's um, like a comic, like, 30 years later, where they're like, Wolverine got his clothes because he was... A baby, and I don't know. I'm, I don't know any. <laughs> I get the, the sentiment yeah. you're going for. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, and, and that's basically this whole DLC is just mm-hmm. riddled with stuff that's like, cool, they connected that to Alan Wake, whoa. Um, yeah. And I, I, the first like big, I don't want to say reveal, but when the DLC task that you're going to be dealing with through the whole thing rears its head, I was like, pretty excited it's it's hartman yeah i mean we've talked about it it's hartman turned into a spooky monster because he drove into the lake because he was like you're getting arrested and he was like fuck that yeah <laughs> and he uh he dove in the lake and he got taken over by the darkness which real quick was it a different actor playing hartman yes okay 100 it sounded like a different actor. oh yeah i i played it through too and i was like that does not fucking sound like him at all no yeah i was like i literally just played alan Wayne. he sounds like a dumb nerd in this whereas in yeah. in I liked his performance in, in Alan Wake proper because it was more like a conniving, like, like I'm here to help you, Alan. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah, it, it was like a, a softness that was meant to hide, like, a maliciousness. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah, he sounded like a pissed off, like, uh, like tax accountant or something. Like, it's me. I'm... I'm Dr. Hartman. I'm, I'm so smart, and you know, everybody like, knows me. That doesn't me. sound like his character. Yeah, he, he wasn't that, like, uh, hot, sweet, molasses, like, kind of mm-hmm. drippy personality. Uh, which, you know, not a, not a huge gripe, but uh, part of the appeal of connected universes is that you have a consistency in the actors <laughs> playing the characters. So it broke my immersion a little bit, but I won't complain too much. Uh, but... The reveal of Hartman was great because Jesse walks into a room that's filled with darkness. And I think she even has a line where she's like, this darkness is like hurting me. Like it's pinching me out or something. Um, So you get to this elevator uh, and you go push the button to go up the elevator and it closes. And then the lights go off like it breaks. It breaks down. So Jesse's stuck in the elevator. Um, And then you see Hartman appear. And the first thing that looked like to me was a big deer creature, because which obviously is intentional. But Hartman has, like, really long legs and a, like, bean-shaped body. And then his ribs poke out of his back to form, like, uh, what looks like antlers behind him. Uh, and he's, he's always... like a Wendigo. Yeah, he's like a... Uh, I think it's pronounced Wendigo, Wendigo but or whatever. But, yeah, so... He starts, like, lumbering at you, and it's like, oh, what the fuck? And then the lights come back on, and uh, you push him back. But, um... Then you have to turn all the lights on. uh, I think in the elevator, they just come on, because that's, like, a scripted sequence. At that point, you have to get the lights to turn back on. That's, like, the first instance where it's, like, the lights around the elevator. He goes back, because the uh, lights around the elevator turn back on. Yeah, that's that's then, what I'm saying. And that's your safe zone. Yeah. And you have to go around in the darkness and turn the lights back on using uh, the cubes. And that's basically the whole DLC, is you go from room to room trying to find Hartman and turn the lights on to shut him out. Yeah, because uh, you, need, you need to, like, trap it. I mean, it's not really implied that you need to trap him, but it's basically, like, we need to get him... 
somewhere. Yeah, we need to corner him. We keep running away. Yeah. And I think Langston says we can't let him get out because he'll be way more dangerous in the larger bureau than he is in this little section. And I mean, like, he communicated with the Hiss. Like, uh, at one point, Hartman was fine. He was, like, contained, which... Again, he wasn't fine. He was fucking... He's a big, stupid monster yeah. they're, that they're keeping in the FBC. And it's like, you can find the cage that he was locked up in. It's like, why the fuck were you keeping him here? <laughs> to study him. Yeah. That's what they do. And then uh, and he got... Communicate with the Hiss, like the darkness. Mm-hmm. And the Hiss communicated, which is like, oh, that's such a cool crossover. Yeah, that was cool. And it yeah. embodied in the villain mm-hmm. from the first game. And it and it ended up, like, taking him over, too. Mm-hmm. And it's he's, like, saying things like the Hiss are as yeah. well, which was yeah. like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was a really... I mean, just the idea of the darkness and the Hiss interacting is, is really fun. Yeah, it's... Um, it's it's Thanos and, and King the Conqueror teaming up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it was slightly deflated for me a little bit because the first time you see Hartman, you don't, at least for me, like, I didn't know that was Hartman. Like, they, they yeah. tease him. I mean, they talk about it with in the, the notes where they, yeah. like, I, they'll, and Alan Wake mentioned Hartman at the, like, at the very beginning. Yeah, but it's, it's there's no reason for me to think Hartman turned into a big monster. But they are, like, reminding you that Hartman's a character. They told you that. Yeah, but uh, when he starts lumbering at me, I was like, oh, shit, oh, my God. And then the subtitles on the screen come up, and it says, like, Hartman in gutterable noises. I was like, oh, that's Hartman. Oh, okay. So the subtitles gave it away before the reveal (laughs) itself did for me. Uh, But that's a very minor gripe. They pretty much say it in the scene. Um... But, I mean, to be fair, when I played this in 2020, dude, I did not remember who Hartman was. Oh, really? I was like, yeah. who the fuck is Hartman? Yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't have remembered either. A I solid... Mean, it's been like seven years, or ten... It was, it was a years. decade, yeah, yeah. Since you since you. And I was like, met... who is Hartman? And then I was like, I played Alan Wake again, I'm like, that was Hartman. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I played Alan Wake. I replayed Alan Wake before I played this Control DLC, because mm-hmm. um, that's cool. And uh, the crux of this DLC is just going from room to room, brightening it up, and fucking with Harmon. Yeah. Which, again, very Alan Wake-esque. You have to go around and turn the lights on, um, but you're doing it with controls, control scheme. What did you think of the two AWEs in this? The Eagle Limited, which is the train car, mm-hmm. the Fra Moreau, which is the NASA one? Uh, awesome. I love them. Oh, they were so cool. Uh, do you want to describe them? No. No? No. Okay, move it on. Okay. Uh, I thought they were cool. Go, go look them up. They're yeah. fucking interesting. I'm just kidding. I do want to talk about them. So oh, okay. The train was awesome. Um, the train, a uh, little Easter, uh, the level, the side mission you have to do with the train um, was interesting because, uh, again, playing Control uh, for the first time since I played it for our last discussion, um, I was just like, oh yeah, like this game is filled with just little, like, events and sequences that you have to do that aren't action sequences that are just like little puzzles um and it's really cool to solve the um uh train one eagle limited just to solve that like and get the story kind of behind this altered item while also 
uh, being level. And it's a fucking thing from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Bloomington. Uh-huh. They were saying Illinois uh, cities. And it was like, hey, shout out. Train crashed in control in Illinois. Uh, but I, I will be honest. I did look up how to beat that one. Oh, I got it. Like, I, I, it's been like a few years since I played it. And I, they were like, uh, I think I remember how to do it. I think, I think, oh yeah, put them in the order. They're, they're like, I thought it was fairly well telegraphed of like, they're like, oh, right. And we're going to start lunch. And I'm like, okay, lunch, the, that there's this thing clinks. Mm -hmm. So I got to click on this. It's, it's basically put the objects in order by yeah, their sound. I figured out it was like, oh, I got to do them in order. And then I was like, I'm not going to. I just want to know the order. And then I looked that up. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was like, oh, it took like two seconds. So I was like, yeah. I got it. Probably. But either way, it was it was cool. Uh, and it was nice. It, w it was kind of nice uh, that Jesse was... Like, I hope that you are you can rest easy now, or whatever. I was like, aww, yeah. this, this train car is alive. Yeah, and it was cute. Because this train car basically, like, went off the rails and, like, killed everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and you go into it, and uh, it's, like, a, uh, the echoes of, like, what happened. Like, the sound plays on, like, different objects as you click on them. Mm -hmm. And you have to put them in the order that they happened, and then, like... It opens up like the final door to like outside the train car, and Jesse's and then like, and then you cleanse it. Yeah, Jesse, Jesse's like, I hope you're okay now. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, it was sweet. And then the other one, uh, Frau Mao or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, um, that one was even cooler than the uh, Frau Mao. Uh, was even cooler than the train one, and I liked the train one, but just learning about the Frau one. Um, was really cool because you get the information before you really know mm -hmm. what exactly happened. Uh, at least for me, I found an audio recording of like someone being interrogated who was speaking jargon. Yeah. And I was like, what is, what is this? And then later yeah. you find a file um, that says uh, three astronauts went on a space mission with NASA, but four astronauts came back and all four of them insisted there were three four astronauts the whole time even though every everyone on earth knew that only three were sent out yeah so all of them had to be detained and interrogated and blah 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 and basically they found an alien that couldn't or like, an entity i mean we don't know what it is sure they found some kind of entity that couldn't like speak properly it was it saying speaks in gibberish yeah it was saying like spider or like uh, spider time or you <laughs> ask it a question and it's like Oh, upside down in the in the carpet there, and it's it's just like total nothingness, which is really interesting because yeah. it's it's to me that that reminded me of like something imitating human form that got it right but did, couldn't get that last little bit, mm -hmm. like didn't get it quite right, yeah, and it almost got away with it, yeah. Uh, so that was just like <laughs> it's really funny. It's like one of the only really like like nonsense parts in yeah. Control where you're like the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> and the so you find the audio recording of uh whoever interrogating this alien and they're they're getting really angry at they're him like, fuck you they're like they're gonna fucking cut you up you you dirt bag they're like we're gonna send you to fucking investigations and they're gonna fucking enjoy taking you apart piece and by he's piece. like wimmy wham wham wazzle it's it's so uh, funny like uh, he has a very upbeat to a tone of voice yeah. like he's just like 
carpet bag. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, what the fuck? It was great. It was, and it took me a second to realize too. Like, wait, this guy's not saying anything. Yeah. Like, what is the? Um, and it was cool too because um, that uh, set piece was great because you go in that room because control, or excuse me, the Federal Bureau of Control recreated that altered world event in their facilities. And they do that with like all the, I mean, a lot of their shit because they did the one for uh, Bright Falls. They did for Bright Falls. I can't remember the name of the town that oh uh, ordinary. ordinary yeah they did they, did they recreated ordinary. the uh, awe for ordinary for bright falls and then for frown mouth yeah. i mean can we talk about for real, real quick set you go up that elevator to go to the from eagle limited awes they're off to the left and right yeah right in front of you it says bright falls awe and you're like Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like, it's locked. You gotta go to the other places first. You're like, <laughs> oh man, you know what I want, but don't they're, you? But they're like, it's coming. It's coming. They're don't like, worry. Dude, just play through these other things yeah, real yeah. quick, and then you can go have your fun. And it's great, because uh, <laughs> when you do the other two Alter World events, and you get Hartman out of there, uh, then he, Hartman breaks into the Bright Falls one, so it's like, he opens it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like uh, yeah. very cool to you never had to open it and it's like well I don't have a reason to open it well the monster did it for you uh, so that was great but anyway back to the gerbil uh, 8 uh, the head whatever yes. the fuck it was called for the Frau Mao or whatever mm-hmm. but that was cool because you're fighting Hartman you're navigating around this dark room looking for the cubes to... What do you think about those actual like boss fights? Because like that one, they have a, a thing like the first one. You just have to, like run around in the darkness and throw these cubes right. at the at the power conduits. And then the second one is like you have to make sure that you go into the light because it's the darkness will sap your energy, and you need energy to use the force. Right. Uh, and then like I think this last one has the. Uh, light moving around. Yeah. And you have to go to uh, the different spotlights and like move into them uh, and like kind of solve a puzzle in and of itself because if you go into the darkness, just Hartman will like teleport to you if you stay in it too long and will insta kill you. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you can, there's ways around it. Like you can um, float in the air mm-hmm. and dash, and Hartman will have a harder time getting to you or he might not come if I don't think he can get out of you but if you're walking on the ground he'll just come and kill you yeah pretty much um, I I mean like I said it's like an Alan Wake dynamic filtered through control um, I think gameplay wise um, it was different from control proper and it didn't um, piss me off so that's interesting because I thought it would because I the last boss pissed me off the last boss but, for sure but, but the this was like oh, okay, this is kind of frustrating. For some part, like, I was like, god damn it, I just want to move over to the thing yeah. that's sapping my energy. But it wasn't, like, terrible. I was just interested to see what you thought. Because I thought they were, like, a good environmental puzzle that interacted with the fight, which is not really what the Foundation did. Agreed. Um, and it was an environmental puzzle. An environmental puzzle. It was different. Um, but it involved waiting as well um like you mentioned the one where the light has to you push a button and a light moves around the room 
and you want to stay in the light, so you follow it around the room, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you have to wait for it to get to you, and then when you jump into it, you have to like keep a pace with it, so you can't just go at your own speed. Um, but as long as you're in the light, it's not like Hartman's going to get you. So it's it feels kind of just like a slow pace room puzzle. Um, I think the frustrating thing to me was when I... I don't like it in games when I know what I have to do, but I, I'm not like good enough to, to beat it or like yeah. it, like that's why I did that train puzzle. Why I looked it up because I was like, okay, I know what I have to do. I just don't want to fuck with this for a couple minutes. I just want to get this done. So there was a couple moments in these Hartman fights where it's like, I know I have to find the cubes. I see them over there. Can we just like move on with this? <laughs> Our next game, I could talk about that. Oh, with the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk but, about but, that. Uh, but with this, I was like, if I have the power, I'm not as frustrated. Like, I just beat Elden Ring. Hmm. And that was something where I was like, okay, like, I know how to dodge these attacks on the bosses. Like, I can do this. Like, that's where the challenge... That's the game. Yeah, sure. And, like, with this, I, w I was like... On, on the final Hartman fight, I was like, can you just fucking die? Yeah, and I felt like yeah. that. But, like, Agreed. with the with the cube parts, it, I don't think it was too bad. I just remember them being harder maybe on my first playthrough and being like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, I, I will say the Alan Wake aesthetic did a lot to, like, keep me really invested. Mm -hmm. um, I, there were moments when I would, like, wait for the light to come over to me or there I had to, like, wait around for a sec. Um, when I would just look at the Hartman model wandering around in the darkness, because um, I thought it looked cool. Yeah. Um, and it was just cool to hear him, like, saying stuff and uh, babbling, like, darkness nonsense and hiss nonsense. Yeah. Um, so the, the Alan Wake aesthetic definitely made me appreciate this DLC a lot more. Um, I, I think the final boss was definitely very frustrating. Um, well, actually, I didn't say... I wanted to say the Frau Morrow... AWE environment, it's like a moon landing um, site. So yeah. that was cool. Um, that felt... I was surprised they didn't do that for a control level in the game proper because uh, that just like fit right in with control. Yeah. Um, and you uh, you you find out it wants the like head for a space suit back. Yes. And, yeah. you, and it's fun. A fun sequence of you like getting random objects and it being like, no! <laughs> And it says gibberish, and then you have to go get another thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesse keeps being, like, pissed off at it. It's and fun. Then, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing I like, too, is um, in this controlled DLC, they still have, like, more side missions for you to do, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Um, I think uh, even in Alan Wake, well, I guess there weren't side missions in Alan there Wake. Weren't. But <laughs> there will be in Alan Wake, too. But that'd be cool. I mean, there will be. We know that for a fact. Yeah. Nice. I'm happy about that. Um, but... Yeah, it was just cool to get more control and to get more Alan Wake. So, um, the final boss fight was was more so like the uh, Hartman had a lot of health. And it was yeah. the worst possible thing. Not the worst possible thing, but it's like you're fighting Hartman as the final boss. You get his health down to a little sliver. And then he stomps his foot or whatever and gets another whole bar oh, of health Doesn't back. he have two health bars? Yes. So, you go to... You get both of these uh, areas lit up. You go back, as we've said before, he breaks into the Bright Falls, AWE. Mm -hmm. Langston's like, oh, fuck. Well, you know, real quick tangent. 
I don't, because we tanned a lot, but I don't mean to interrupt. Langston says, Hartman just ran through here, and he ran into the Bright Falls AWE. And he's like, Hartman was really fucking ugly. <laughs> he's like, he looked like terror. He looked like an 80s prosthetic, uh, like, monster movie monster. He looked terrible. Um, it was disgusting. Like, he just goes on about how terrible Hartman looked. And I thought it was really funny to think that if Alan Wake is writing this sequence... Alan Wake wrote a dialogue where he just shits on Hartman for, like, a <laughs> solid minute. Because why wouldn't he? Hartman, like, ruined his life. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really, really funny. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he uh, he breaks into the Bright Falls AWE. And he uh, he just starts wrecking shop and you got to fight him. And, yeah, as you said, it's annoying because you have to... Uh, go around and you have to put cubes into the power conduits yeah. to light up the places. And then the things that you have to contest with are Hartman will stomp his foot uh, and it'll go dark. Mm -hmm. And you can't shoot him when it's dark. So you have to go around and then go to other, uh, go to the other power conduits, light them up. Uh, and it'll only like stomp out like two at a time. But like he will recharge health in the darkness. Yes. So if... You have to just wail on him with everything you have when he's not, uh, when he's not, uh, when he's lit up. And then otherwise you're just going to get to the back to the sequence where he makes it dark again. Mm -hmm. The thing that you can do is when he's starting to stomp his foot, you can stun him by like shooting an object at him. Oh, like a, a pull yeah. it with telekinesis and throw yeah. it at him. If okay. he, once he'll like do a big move. Uh, and then you're like, okay, I need to hit him now. He does a big Other, Otherwise, if I don't hit him here, I'm going to have to deal with the darkness again. Yeah. That's when I noticed. But it was still annoying. He has too much health. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has two health bars. And at this point, I've, I've faced him for three rooms. Like, I, yeah. I think it's okay to have a boss that's a little more yeah. beatable. <laughs> I mean, it's the last control like piece of content. So maybe it's like, oh, okay. But, like, the Marshall fight is like... 10 times better. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is like more interestingly designed, but like the Marshall one, at least like you're using your powers, you're using the powers that like you got in uh, the DLC. Right. Uh, you use like, there's a space to call another uh, FPC agent in. So you can like get a little bit of help there. Mm -hmm. The former will send guys to help you if you get low on health. Right, like it's it uses the things that have been built up within the foundation. In this, it's just the cube puzzles, which were already not that fun to begin with. They're fine, but like one of the mechanics they could have used is like, hey, like you never use light to shine on an enemy in order to like beat them, like in Alan Wake. They never do that, and I don't know. Maybe you don't want to introduce that as a mechanic last minute. Mm. Like it might have been nice to not just have shoot the big thing because he doesn't really do anything when he's lit up yeah no it's it's really just he's a bullet sponge that you're just trying to yeah. wail on until uh until you get his health down but i think you're right on the money they probably just didn't want to introduce anything to the gameplay that was too drastic of a departure from yeah. the normal control uh game style um and they probably just wanted something that was also worthy of a final uh final chapter for control um, which it is interesting to think that this is the end of control. Like if you play control chronologically, yeah, Alan Wake will bomb and they won't get a to make control. No, I mean um, what? I mean uh, 
this is like if you played control this is the last piece of control content like there's yeah. never going to be more control dlc so it, it is interesting that like i don't know if that was going into the mentality of this final fight maybe um, probably cuz this is also the first boss fight where there are collectibles and documents in the room too yeah, I came back and I got them, but the, they filled the fucking room up with a bunch of guys, so I had to kill them all over again. Yeah, I actually did the the stupid thing, and I, like, panic-strickenly oh. ran and collected them and Fuck tried that. to fight, no, yeah. No. I mean, it's not fun to go back to the room and then have to fight fucking guys again, and they, yeah. again, it's control, so there's not, like, a difficulty slider, so they do a bunch of damage, mm -hmm. and then you die, and you have to go back to the last spawn area, and it's, like, it's, it's right outside the room, yeah. so it's not that bad, but it's still, like there's like three waves of guys. Yeah. It's like, I just want to get my fucking tasty lore. Guys. <laughs> I just on. want my picture of Alan Wake screaming at his wife. Okay. Yeah. I guess technically Mr. Scratch screaming at his wife at Alan Wake's wife. But, um, yeah, I all said and done though. I was very happy with this DLC. Yeah. Um, if you wanted Alan Wake shit, you spend the whole time chasing an Alan Wake monster. So like and that's cool. Throughout the game, throughout it, you get Alan Wake monologuing on the on the hotline every so often, mm -hmm. and he talks about how he's gonna escape, and he's like, "I gotta, I I've been here for too long. I gotta find a way to do it." Yeah, and I, you know, I gotta. What should I do, guys? Well, I gotta create a story, and he and he he talks about. There needs to be a villain. There needs to be a conflict. Like, what What can I do to, to do that? And he, he like, repeats. He repeats what the, what the hiss said. He's like, hmm, I should fill it with, like, with, like, junk. Mm. Whatever. Like, blah, blah, blah. The, the orange peel. The, 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 yeah. Like, what they say. And you're like, did fucking Alan Wake make the hiss? <laughs> and the entire control game as a way to get out of... Fucking the darkness. He did he create? That's what's implied. Yeah, the bureau and the control. Just which is crazy because the whole time you've been learning about like the decades long history of yeah. the bureau and stuff. Um, I mean, it took him thirteen years to get out. It took him thirteen years to make this game. Right. They made right. control, and I mean, the last cutscene of Control proper is or this, this Control DLC is. Uh, Jessie is like after the, she beats Hartman she's like uh, alright well uh, Langston do you want to be head of investigations he's like uh, no because <laughs> I'm probably going to die then and yeah. that sounds dumb <laughs> so I've seen what happens to head of, heads of departments before no thanks yeah. uh, he's like I'll hang out the Pesantopicon it's better uh, and they're like alright well uh, hang on what, what's what's going on here guys What what's, what's happening is, and it like the, when you go into investigations at one point, they have a giant computer screen of like the entire U U.S. Mm -hmm. and the, it's like an old like '50s like satcom like computer right. uh, that has a bunch of like lights that light up that say like you know this is Washington, this is New Hampshire, blah blah blah, New York, uh, and they flash when like there's an AWE going on, mm -hmm. and uh, it's zooming in slowly. There's a new AWE, and it's in Bright Falls. Hell yeah. And Langston's like, this is weird. It's coming 
from the future. <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. It's coming uh, in October 2023. I don't know what that means. Dude, when I played through this the first time, I was like, if this doesn't fucking... I, like, I, I, there was still no hope. <laughs> there was no hope of there being an Alan Wake 2. I was like, there will maybe be a Control 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, because the game did really well. It did really well at, like, the Game Awards and stuff. But, like, it didn't, it, like, win Game of the Year. It's, you know, it won Game of the Year at IGN. But, like, other than that, it was like, all right, like, people liked this. Yeah. But, like, it didn't sell that well. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I want it to do well, so... Maybe it'll it'll get a sequel, but nobody nobody thought there was going to be a sequel to this game or Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was, I think it was twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. It might have been no, it was twenty twenty one because I remember I uh, I remember where I was in twenty twenty for the Game Awards, and Alan Wake two was announced in twenty twenty one. I think for the Game Awards. I that think. sounds right. I think it uh, was. And I was really surprised because they did say like 2023 on it. And I was like, two years, huh? Yeah. That's going to get delayed. Well, and well, it has not been. Well, that... Uh, comes out next week. Game Awards come happen at the end of the year. So yeah. it was really only like one year. Because uh, it, it, it was the end of 2021. Yeah. But yeah, that was... It's, that felt, was, it's felt like a, an eternity. Yeah. Honestly. So, I mean, um, I mean what did you think? Oh, it's awesome. I, I will say, if I played it when you played it, when Alan Wake 2 was just a, you know, a, a, a long shot, I would have been like, man, I want Alan Wake 2 now. Um, but playing it, like you said, knowing that Alan Wake 2 is about to come out, I was like rubbing my hands together like, here we go. I'm going to get more <laughs> more Alan Wake. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, I love the implication that Alan Wake had to identify his typewriter as, like, an object of power and then Mm -hmm. create what that meant and create an entire mini branch of the government that had to stay secret. Uh Like, everything fits very snugly. That we Everything that we learn in Control fits very snugly into the implication that Alan Wake created it all as a means for him to escape the dark place. Yeah, I mean, he he says at the end of Alan Wake 1 where he's like, "You, you can't just right i escaped the dark place right because right. then you're gonna cause chaos mm-hmm. he's like i have to make it good yeah there has to be conflict he's like there has to be a hero there has to be a villain if there's not that like it's almost like the story gods will not be appeased they're like <laughs> i don't like that there's rules yeah so we talked about this in the uh alan wake episode uh and if there's anything else you want us to talk about this for before not really well, then I, I want to ask you, because I asked you this in the Alan Wake episode, and we said we wanted to wait through the uh, Control DLC, um, but what do you think the final, what do you make of the final line of Alan Wake 1? Oh, I have, I don't know. I still think that that was just put in there as like a, it's not just a lake, it's an ocean. I think that's still like gobbledygook nonsense mm-hmm. to be like, hey guys, like, you know, but like. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that has to do with, like, the story. I don't know if that has to do with, like, the lake. But, like, what does that mean about the lake? Is, like, is it a whole world in and of itself? Hmm. Like, I I don't know. 
I, I I've never cared about that line, I think, as much as you have. No, I mean, it always just perplexed me because it's such a weird line. It's not a lake. It's an ocean. That just creates an image in my head of, like, a lake that has a whole world in it or something, like you said. Um, I mean, he goes into it, and I mean, the Alan Wake 2, he's in the dark place for, as far as we know, the whole time. Yeah, right. So, you know, we're, again, we're playing this a week out before it came out. Mm-hmm. Before so, Alan Wake 2 comes out. Yeah. I don't know, I, I think it's not a lake, it's an ocean, to me, sort of implies, like, Alan Wake can change reality to be whatever he wants. And I, I almost kind of took that line as him being like, that's the basis of what I'm going to use to escape. It's not a lake. It's an ocean. It's deeper than that. There's more to it than that. I can use that. And I, I can just pull that out of thin air. I, I think he's taken over by darkness at that point. Like, he hasn't written Return yet. Sure. So he he's still like... I, I more so got that as a, like, he is... He's talking as the darkness. Like, oh, you can't just mess with the lake, because it's not just a lake. It's oh. an ocean. No, it's it's almost like a, they're telling Alan Wake, like, no, stupid. Like, yeah. you can't... You think you can affect the lake, or what? You think you can get out of the darkness? Yeah. It's a fucking ocean. Because, like, lakes, we can make lakes. Right, we can, right. We've done that. You know, we've, we've used dams to, to dam up lakes. The ocean has, like, more shit in it than we haven't discovered than, like, any other place on the planet. Yeah, the, the ocean is beyond uh, humanity. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, not like a lake. Interesting. I didn't think of it through that lens. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what you were getting at, where there's some intentional, like, open-endedness that maybe that line was, was just pulled out of thin air and I thrown mean, in there. it's said in the commentary, Sam Lake said that like, he really liked that line. And he wanted people to think about that. Interesting. He like he like wanted to plan it as like a. I like this idea of people just having theories. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to leave everything to just be spelled out for everyone. Sure. I like a mystery. You, you know I really really appreciate that. Um, playing through Alan Wake and Control's DLC back to back, and then playing Control um, earlier uh, as well. I, I really do think remedies attention to detail and. Um, like theming and the way that they weave all these threads together. It it really is. I don't know if I've ever seen another game series do as much as they're doing. I mean, it feels like a comic book. Like the the closest thing probably is, is like DC or Marvel where you're just like, Oh shit. Like, and people like joke about like crossover stuff, but like that stuff is really hard to do. And like that kind of stuff too is like, I I was listening to like the uh the Nextlander guys who were formerly of Giant Bomb like talk about like Mortal Kombat 1 and like Mortal Kombat 1 is like 9, 10 and 11 came out and they're like a trilogy mm-hmm. and then at the end of 11 they reset the universe right but 1 is picking up from the reset of the universe the DLC for 11 is canon and the DLC for 11 is like, I'm going to spoil Mortal Kombat 1. So you have 10 seconds to mute this podcast. <laughs> uh, I probably won't write it right in the show notes about like, because I don't write show notes really. Four hours in, we're going to yeah. spoil we're Mortal gonna, Kombat we're gonna 1. Spoil for, uh, Mortal Kombat 1. So mute it. Fast forward for a minute. 
Okay. Uh, basically, the, there are two endings to Mortal Kombat uh, uh, 11 DLC, and then in Mortal Kombat 1, both of them are canon. Mm. And they're like, oh, Liu Kang is God. He became God at the end of 11. Now he is, like, Master of Time and Space. God reset the universe. Uh, and uh, who's the master of your soul is mine? Uh, Shao Kahn. Uh, Shao Kahn. He became uh, another Master of Time and Space in another universe. Oh. But he went to this other universe. The end of Mortal Kombat 1 is you going around to, like, like fighting up, like, a, a fucking pyramid and, like, beating the shit out of other, like, Mortal Kombat people from other, like, Mortal Kombat universes. Mm -hmm. And people were like, that's fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> that, that's, like, not fun. And, like, that was really hard to, like, pull off. And people, like, compared it to Endgame. And I'm like, well, Endgame is, like, a crossover, like, all in the same universe. Yeah. But this is, like, the, like, Control and, like, Alan Wake did not have anything to do with each other. Really. There was stuff that was, like, implied of it in Control. But, like, you play through most of Control and you're not expecting anything weird like Alan Wake it's just like oh okay like these are connected it's like playing or it's like watching um like uh Stargirl and then the Flash comes in you're like oh yeah yeah these are these are, these are connected I mean it's it's just Control and Alan Wake could exist totally independently yeah. of each other so the fact that they're crossing over and it makes sense is really really interesting and, and even it makes sense thematically mm -hmm. it's not like when you see captain america and the hulk and iron man where it's just cool to see them in the same room yeah control is about um like the collective unconscious it's about like a, a union concept of uh like groups of people yeah and, and like groups of people fighting for control and power and different things and controls about the audience Alan Wake is about the writer, you know, like Alan Wake is a story about one person who has the power to use their writing to make the, their writing real. That's the power of an author. Control is about groups of people who imagine if they all believe in something, it becomes real. That's the power of an audience. Both of those things crossing over is kind of genius in a way. Yeah. And it's crazy that they were able to make two games with a ton of like deep themes like there is so much shit written for control mm -hmm. it's crazy there is so much like they made fucking prequel tv shows for alan wake they made a show in alan wake they made a show in control there's so much and the fact that they're just trying to put these two pieces of the puzzle together and they actually form a cohesive picture like i can't think of any other video game or even yeah. like piece of media that's really done something. I mean, like this. literally, I don't think any other franchise, video game wise, has done it where like, hey, like these two are going to be connected. Like these two yeah. franchises that have had nothing to do with each other as, like, obviously, control. There's the fucking like thermos like in the Panopticon and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, you go through control and you're not expecting Alan Wake to be in it, and then mm. you're like, oh, pleasant surprise, Alan Wake is in it. Yeah. Right, and it's like that still works and that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know? It completely, it works completely. It's, yeah. it's like, if and it's it, not like Smash Bros where you're like, oh, it's a crossover of a bunch of different stuff on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, these like fit in the universe together because they just, as you've said, have good theming with yeah. each other. Where it's the creative team is 
legitimately trying to make them work together. Guess what? It's written by one guy. All <laughs> one guy. I, I was going to say, Sam Lake has the best job in the world. I mean, it's it's not written by all one guy. I mean, there are, like, uh, the DLCs are both written by different people. Oh, okay. So, sure. um, I deleted what I wrote at the beginning. Uh, but uh, the, they do have writers for the sure. DLCs. One, but the, I, the idea, like, they have a, a Kevin Feige and right. Sam Lake of, like, Here's the ideas. Right. Go and, write, like, the dialogue and, and, like, write threshold kids and stuff. You know what, though? Like, that's uh, a testament to the, the power of their team, of their, their studio, too. Like, they're all able to work together to create yeah. these cohesive visions. You know, I don't know too much about the studio itself and the people who work there, but I would be really proud if I worked on yeah. Controller Alan Wake. I mean, we can get to the end now, but I, I'm... As we said on the Alan Wake episode, I really hope Alan Wake 2 does, does well. Because yeah. I think, I think, I, I listened to Rebel FM and Arthur on there talked about, because he went to go see uh, Alan Wake 2, uh, and Sam Lake was in the room with him, and he kind of asked a little bit of like, what are your, like, I don't know if he, well, maybe he didn't ask, but he kind of like tried to get out of him, like, what are your plans? Because you're an independent studio, like, mm-hmm. if, how, like, are you going to get bought? Like, what, are, if this game doesn't do well, like, what's going to happen? And, you know, they didn't say anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous for this game. Like, I, I think that if this game fails, like, I think that this is probably the last one that they can do. And it is not, like, a big hit before somebody comes in and buys them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're traded on the, uh, the finish like stock market, like sure. the Scandinavian whatever stock market that, so they are publicly traded, and I I, I could see that, hey, uh, this game doesn't do well, and the forces that be good say like, you know what, you know, I know that you guys have been, you do it guys do really well like critically, but you just, you can't sell those Fortnite skins, <laughs> so and that's what yeah. gets people, uh, business in this, yeah. in this so industry. I I mean I'm. I'm very nervous. I, I, I think they're doing a lot to make the game succeed, Alan Wake 2 succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good idea coming out around October. But, I mean, I think you and I talked about it this morning, uh, or whatever we whenever we met. Uh, somebody already put Spider-Man 2 all up on, on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm afraid of that happening with, with Alan Wake, is you get a bunch of Twitch streamers who are like, oh, yeah, let's play Alan Wake. Like, this is a spooky game. It's time for Halloween. And then they play it all and they go, that was awesome. And then people go, I don't even see the rest. Well, but that's, I I think any game that is getting Twitch streamed or whatever, uh, like let's say a a really big Twitch streamer plays it, I think that will, there is going to be a contingency of the audience that thinks I don't need to buy that game because I watched whoever play it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you can't buy that kind of, promotion and publicity oh yeah if a popular twitch streamer plays it well you can't buy it because people do that's true (laughs) but you get what i mean like if it catches on that's what they want i think and i think that will translate to sales i mean i i don't know for certain but um i mean fucking how many times has a in a game been played by a popular let's player or a popular twitch streamer you know, and it's it's numbers go way up in sales they don't go a ton up but i did i remember when i think it was pewdiepie played like skate three 
and for whatever reason, like, Skate Through is, like, sold out at GameStop for a little while. There you go. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, but, you know, I'm just, Call of Duty comes out in, like, what, two weeks? Sure. Assassin's Creed just came out. Like, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed is 50 bucks. Alan Wake is a digital-only $70 game. And we know what happened when Alan Wake 1 was released in between Red Dead Redemption 1 and Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, and Mario Wonder just came out today, too. And yeah. Spider-Man just came out. Well, I mean, I think, if you think of something like, I, I know it's it's hard to compare, you know, apples and oranges, oranges whatever, but uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, hear me out. It's a $5 game, this is 70 but go ahead. <laughs> but that, that's a game that uh, found its audience because of its unique uh, tone, its unique presentation, and uh, its playability like anyone can kind of pick up five nights at freddy's and you can't play alan wake 2 because you don't own a next gen console so it's true i rest my case no but i don't mean playability in terms of like accessibility i think if alan wake 2 has something really that is not common like i don't even think it comes down to just jump scares but if alan wake 2 has the right kind of tone the right kind of story and is doing things that other games aren't doing i think that will turn heads and maybe it won't be a, a runaway hit, but maybe it'll be successful, at least in the same way Control was. I hope. Because, I mean, they do have... Did you hear about this? They're remaking Max Payne 1 and 2. Oh, really? Yeah. They're working with Rockstar to make them, too. I feel like that's their uh, ace in the hole. We're like, okay, if Alan Wake 2 doesn't do good, we'll remake Max Payne 1 and 2 and those will sell. I think they're... I don't know. I don't quote me on this. I think they're remaking them from the ground up. That's crazy. Which would be fucking insane and really cool. But people would love that. Yeah, I mean, people love Max Payne 1 and 2. Right. So, so I, I... And Rockstar is good. So if they're like, hey, Rockstar and Remedy present, people will be like, new Rockstar game, what's that? Yeah, well, and, and it's if, like, it's a game your grandpa played. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it influenced your entire fucking third person genre for a yeah. while well that's what i'm saying if if alan wake 2 isn't the runaway hit they're hoping for i think that is their like ace in the hole to i mean we'll see again i i think if if this game doesn't do well i think people like the powers that me might say all right we're done with that alan wake stuff mm-hmm. you got that control multiplayer coming out fast track that sure sure i mean i don't i don't know i <laughs> alan wake it took 13 years to get a sequel. Uh, if they it, can the, the original Alan Wake 2, too. Yeah. If it doesn't... If Alan Wake 2 isn't a huge success, we we still got it. Like, you know what? I'm just happy. Yeah. I mean, us two, we're big Alan Wake fans. If At the end of the day, if it doesn't succeed, and we still got Alan Wake 2, and we get it, and we're like, this is good, that's fine. I just... I like Remedy as a studio. Mm-hmm. I want to see more control. If Alan Wake 2 is the last we ever see Alan Wake, I'm fine with that. I want to see more Control. I like Control as a game, and I want to see more just in their universe that they're making and see what the fuck they're doing, because they're they're one of the few studios that is, one, independent, and two, just has a voice. And it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like a Kojima. When you play a Kojima game, it's like, this is a Kojima game. I know that this is a Sam Lake game, but... It feels like it's a collective remedy game. It feels yeah. like stamp of remedy, not the stamp of Kojima. Kojima is like it's always implied that like one oh 
Kojima's a genius, and it's like, well, a lot of people work on Kojima games. Mm -hmm. The the games are a collective effort, like a movie, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and I I want people to like think about that when they play like a remedy game, like kind of like how people are thinking about like the Spider-Man game being like an insomniac game. Like they're like, this is an insomniac game. Like, oh, that's cool. Or like God of War being like a Sony Santa Monica game. You know? Well, it is interesting. If someone else tried to make a control game, or if a different studio tried to make an Alan Wake game, I don't think they would get it right. I, I think no. it needs to be done by this creative team. I think Max Payne 3 did well, though, and I think people liked it sure. who were fans of Max Payne, though. Sure. So I, like, and apparently that was, like, a game that they, like, gave their blessing to and, like, watched, like looked over it, and I think they were... They were happy with the results. Sure. From what I'm getting, from what I've read, it seems like they weren't like, Rockstar didn't make the fucking alleyway. The, They're the, not shit the talking Max Payne 3 yeah. that we wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, think of how, like, speaking of just their, like, game design prowess, um, you look at Alan Wake, right? I love that game. Great game. Uh, but when you compare it to Control, Control is pretty much better in every single facet. And I think we said this in our Alan Wake episodes. The game control uh, kind of makes Alan Wake antiquated. Like, control is basically a better version of Alan Wake, right? So, what gets me excited about Alan Wake 2 is the team clearly has gotten so much better at making games. Like, control, I think, is a masterpiece. Like, control's really, really good. So, if you, you bring that same team riding the success of Control into Alan Wake 2, that sounds really fucking exciting to me. <laughs> like, this to me, this is a studio that is, like, at the peak of their, their game right now. I, I think so, too. I mean, from what I've heard with Alan Wake 2, everything about it, I'm like, this sounds like everything I fucking want it's, in a It game. sounds awesome. It sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that, like, the stuff with Saga is just, like, I'm an investigator, and, like, I'm investigating basically Twin Peaks Town. Sure. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I want to be Twin Peaks uh, exploratory lady. That, that was, there was and then, flavor of that in Alan Wake 1. And, and Alan, Wake, uh, Alan Wake sections are just, like, fucked up weird New York. That's and you're like, what is this? And I love, awesome. too, that, like, even in the in the fuck, back of the DLC, the Alan Wake DLC, like, talks about, like, I'll set it in New York, a town that I know. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's so. See, it's exciting. It's gonna be interesting seeing what his fucked up New York is like because we don't really get that in Alan Wake One. Well, dude, the way what they did with what they were able to do with Control, like fucked up bureau, just like the way the environments shift and just look insane. Uh, imagine that, but with New York. It'll be so cool. Yeah, the fucking Statue of Liberty is going to be stopping everywhere. It's going to be Barry. Oh my god, I'm so excited for Barry. I saw a post... What? Did you, like, read about, like, all the stuff where they, like, got different people in with Alan Wake? Uh, We're just just vibing here, (laughs) by the way. Uh, Did you read, like, all the stuff in, in the Alan Wake DLC where they're, like, talking about, like, we brought in... Uh, we, uh, we brought in Alice. We we like brought in Barry. Like mm-hmm. we're watching like uh like Barry, and he he might have something going on with like Sarah and blah, And it's like, 
dude, like these guys are all gonna come back. And, yeah. Like I haven't I haven't seen them in like ten years. I know my friends. I I saw a post today where it was uh, Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith when he's asking about uh, Padme. He's like, "Where is Padme? Is she all right?" But it was, "Where is Barry? Is he all right? I have to know." <laughs> he's in um he's in American Nightmare. He's yeah because he got the Anderson brothers out of there. Um, they got cleared, uh, and he's been managing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unclear whether or not the uh, American Nightmare is canon, but it all takes place in like bright uh, in uh, Night Springs, which is a in it's a made up TV show, mm-hmm. um, and it's unknown whether or not those events happened or not or whatever. It's still canon, but like he's getting like radio shows uh, from somebody who's talking about like Barry like talking about Barry and talking to Barry and the Anderson brothers and like they're watching a TV show of uh, or TV transmissions of Mr. Scratch but like did his murders like happen or yeah. like in this like you see the image of uh, that uh, Alice took of of like a screaming Alan Wake and it's, it's like is that Mr. Scratch? Because, like, Mr. Scratch at this, with, like, in American Nightmare talks about it, he's like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna vibe, basically, yeah. for a while, and, like, do my thing and kill people, and then one day I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll go to Alice, and I'll appear. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna play the, the nice husband, and then I'll kill her. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he does, like, the same thing with Barry, where he's like, I like the guy. Which makes me upset that I'm going to have to kill him. But you know I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's going to upset you. And, and I'm like, man, knowing that Mr. Scratch is out there and that we got to deal with him now, I'm like, oof. And, like, is he going to be, like, the guy who's, like, murdering people around Bright Falls? Yeah, I mean, is he the serial killer that they're going to be investigating mm-hmm. and they think it's Alan Wake? But, well, that was something that I saw a lot of people talking about online, too, that... Alan Wake might need to stay in the darkness because mm-hmm. Mr. Scratch is ruining his reputation in the real world or whatever. Um, so maybe Mr. Scratch will be defeated, but Alan will still need to stay as like the guardian of the oh, darkness or something. Sad. That would be sad. Um, I I don't know like where Alan Wake's story ends. Like I don't know what's in store for him. Yeah. <laughs> or Alice. I mean, maybe what if we find out uh, that when they Alice and Alan went to Bright Falls, Alice was pregnant. So she was like two weeks pregnant when Alan got sucked into the darkness and maybe Alan has a kid out there. That'd be weird. That would be weird. And I would be hacky. And I wouldn't like that. No, I wouldn't either. Barry you said that and I gave you like a, a, a bad look. I'm, I'm not saying I want it, but I'm Please saying... Please don't like, introduce a child. As far as story threads go, that's an easy one you can throw it in there. It'll also be like, oh, look, here's a 13-year-old. Now you're, yeah. like, uh, you know, Saga opens up, like, Alice's house, like, hotel room or whatever. She's like... Dah. And then, like, there's a little girl, and she's like, Mommy! And he's like... Uh, and she's like, Honey! And it's like, oh, my God, no, don't do that, please. Yeah. Well, or, or what if uh, Mr. Scratch comes back, and he's like... I'll play the nice husband for as long as it pleases me or whatever. And what if he gets Alice preg- pregnant? I don't want that either. And then All have... of, everything you're saying is like, that sounds like the worst. <laughs> the worst especially, direction to go. Especially because Alan has, is like supposed to be the guy who's like writing his way out of the darkness. And right. I'd be like, that's so fucking contrived. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think he would write 
that. Do you do you think there's any credence to the theory that Alan Wake created Thomas Zane and yes, there's like it's like a hundred percent yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's even people who speculate that Alan Wake and Thomas Zane are like literally the same mm-hmm. person, or that it's his dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean that even in the first game when it's like I never knew my dad, but my mom gave me this light switch and blah, blah, and it's like okay, that's I get it. I get what you're implying. Um, we'll find out in Alan Wake 2, in stores now. The Awakening. By the way, go play Fortnite. What's spend that? money on the Alan Wake DLC. Just is that, that. Is that a video game? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Fortnite? Is it a Fortnite till we uh, play Alan Wake 2? No, it's one... It's, ha- it's half, a, half a Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> one Fort. <laughs> uh, well, I, that's all I gotta say about Controls DLC and Alan yeah, Wake and all that good stuff. That's all I gotta say, too. Uh, anything else? I mean, I think no, we're good. I would love to be Alan Wake for a cosplay or a Halloween costume someday, but other than that, that's all I got. Yeah, your wife would love you wearing fucking the tweet jacket with with shit on the sh- on the elbows if i was alan wake i would ask my wife to be barry Ooh, that would be good you could be, be barry we could be barry at alan wake Ooh, that, that's a good costume either one i would love i'll to wear be. the christmas lights yeah yeah the big yeah. poofy red jacket yeah and the, the hawaiian and, and shirt i'll put the i'll put the lamp line the lamp on eye of siren Ooh, i'm that'd liking be, this that'd be great let's, let's write this down <laughs> Ooh. uh that's all i got uh okay i guess we'll do outros then okay we'll we'll get going um thank you for listening to this month's show i mean we got another show coming out this month so i mean stick around for that uh ryan where can they find you on the internet uh you can find me at my youtube channel uh nice pants n-i-c-e-p-a-n-t-s nice pants where can they find you uh they can find me on uh twitter at uh at Ironheart1183 and Tumblr at tumblr.com slash Ironheart1183. Whatever. I don't remember if it's before or after. Uh, and if you would like to email us, you can reach us at infinitepixelspodcast at gmail.com. I, really? For real? We would love to hear anyone with any thoughts on Alan Wake. Yeah. For real. Even if it's for Alan Wake 2 and I get yeah. to spoil it for Ryan. I mean, um... So I've only been waiting 13 years. Yeah. Go uh, on. And then... Uh, new you can follow us on twitter at podcast underscore pixels uh but we would we, we work on a project we got a couple more socials we got an instagram at podcast underscore pixels and uh and tiktok uh at infinite pixels podcast and a blue sky now too uh at podcast underscore pixels so i didn't get parody with everything because i'm dumb uh but you know I, I, actually, I think I did t- change the TikTok to podcast underscore pixels as well. Um, but uh, go look at those because Ryan was cool and he, he made uh, some videos on there and they're good. Take hey, a check a look. I think you're cool too. Yeah. Uh, we should also uh, talk about the next game we're playing after this. Uh, the Iron Lung episode already came out, I think, by the time you're hearing this. So not Iron Lung. We're going to be playing... The hit game, a game that everybody's been waiting for us to play, The Quiet Man. Yeah, get ready. If you wanted to, us to not get any listens for these, <laughs> damn, the, dude. No pun intended, not get any listens. 
I'm so excited to fucking hate myself playing this game because I've never played it. I have. I didn't even know it existed until you said we should play this. I said we should play this because it's fucking garbage. And you <laughs> said, describe it to me. And I did. And you said, we can fucking play that. <laughs> the, the real kicker was you said it's an hour long. It's like two hours long. And Something then there's like a, that, a, yeah. They release downloadable content where instead of there being no sound, now there's sound. But you can only unlock it on the second playthrough. Find out next time if either of us bothered to do that. <laughs> or if we just said, nah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, until next month, have a pleasant day. Have a good one.